Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live from where it all started, O'Brien's Irish Pub in historic downtown Temple, Texas. It's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's fifth anniversary drinking and smoking and drinking some more extravaganza. Five years. Holy shit, it's a miracle these numbnuts are still alive. And tonight, these indestructible knuckleheads will be drinking the 40th Hoppy Anniversary Ale from my old local favorite, Sierra Nevada while smoking both the Viaje Buckshot 12-gauge cigar and the Brickhouse Maduro Toro cigar from J.C. Newman. And in between sips and puffs, they'll be talking their way through the action-packed 1989 cop thriller Shotgun. Sounds like we're in store for three hours of non-stop entertainment, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Well, boys, good to see you. Hey. Tonight is a very special night indeed, as it is our five-year anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations. Five fucking years. Yeah. We're still alive and drinking more than ever. Doctor, you owe me a Coke. Well, Jack and Coke. Uh, Yeah, they said it wouldn't last. We showed them. Who did we show? (laughs) I was mainly talking about our parents. Oh, okay. Uh, This is the first anniversary that we've celebrated in five years. We didn't do a big thing on our two-year anniversary or one year. Maybe we did. I don't know. Drink a lot. So maybe maybe every year I have made a big deal. Like, our big third anniversary show. I just forgot. I don't think so, though. Um, (laughs) And it coincides. Yeah, boy. uh, We are at where it all began, O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas. You are having, I believe, a first here at the pub this weekend. I believe a stand-up comedian is taking the stage this what? week. What? No. That's what I heard. Opening up for some bands. Got a stand-up this weekend. News to me. I thought it might, but it's true. Uh, you're always the last to know. So to bring these two monumentous occasions together, so monumentous that Yak Boy didn't even know about it, uh, I decided to write a comedic opening monologue 
for tonight's show, <laughs> a la one of my lifelong heroes, Mr. David, David Letterman. Uh, nobody did an opening monologue like David Letterman, am I right? He was king. And no one's going to do it tonight. King of late night. Do you know when I was a young lad, I dreamt of being a stand-up comedian? Huh? Like for years, I wanted. That's what I wanted to be was a stand-up comedian. It's uh, a cool thing to aspire to. On my, I used to go up to Ohio on vacation to see family in the summers, and I begged my cousin Mark. There was an open mic. He went to this comedy club in Canton, the nearest kind of big city. He had, I heard him mention they had an open mic night, and so I begged him. I probably would have been like, I don't know, sixth grade, like twelve or something. But I was like, this is what's unique. I'm like a kid comedian. This is gonna be. You got to get me out that open mic oh, night. That's gonna be hilarious. Right? Uh, once he heard my material, uh, he kind of dodged me the rest of the trip I was there, and he couldn't be happier to see me get on the plane back to Texas. Uh, I do remember a few of my jokes, though, so I'm going to just kind of oh, give, yeah. <laughs> give you a little thing. To, these, right. these were two... Yeah, no, 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 I'm good for this. These Let's were go. two of 12-year-old Cades. This is what I was going to do at open mic night. Canton, Ohio. <clears throat> Why, when someone calls you and it's the wrong number, do you feel like you have to apologize? I'm sorry, you have their own number. Why are you apologizing? You didn't do anything wrong. They did. They should be apologizing. <laughs> that would have gone over huge. You guys can laugh. Don't, 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 don't. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to. And what's the deal with old people mm. licking their fingers when they're dealing with paper products? It's like, hey, grandma, I might want to read that book later. How about you lay off the saliva? <laughs> and what's the deal? That was that was another good one. So obviously the world wasn't quite ready, as you guys aren't, for my brand of humor at the age of 11 or 12. But here we are 30-some-odd years later. I think I've learned a little something over the last five years about putting a joke together, too. So I think this could be the start of something special. If this works tonight, guys, we'll have an opening monologue a little, a little bit before each show where I get in front of the table in the corner of Hope, get a, put a spotlight on me. When I hit a joke, Fritz, if you could just give me that bass thing, they would boom, like a little uh, <laughs> doctor, a little drum, little drum shot. If you uh, feel the, just if you guys are feeling it, here we go. Yeah, if you could do the Paul Schaefer little laughter in between jokes, <laughs> little something. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is <laughs> All right. for our fifth anniversary. This is a very special thing. Our very first opening monologue. Can't wait for it. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 111. We've got a great show for you here tonight. Uh, you know, I was watching TV recently. Uh, things are really heating up on The Bachelor. And I saw a commercial for I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Interesting fact, it was 38 years ago today that I Can't Believe It's Not Butter hit store shelves for the first time. Can you believe that? Surely, if it was actually butter, somebody would have found out by now, am I right? I mean, it's time to admit that we're all believers. It's over. We're okay with it. We're on board. Let's change the name to We Do Believe It's Butter, or Not Butter. We Do Believe It's Not Butter. That's Very good. <laughs> okay. Right, well done, sir. Right. Hey, speaking of The Bachelor, uh, the latest season's in full swing, and the wife and I were watching Peter, The Bachelor, take his date to a music festival in this little Costa Rican village. Oh, yeah. And uh, boy, Which, it was 
lots of music and, and dancing going on, and I, I just couldn't believe how many midgets were roaming the streets. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Uh, <laughs> I too thought that was the question. I'll give you the little... Uh, <laughs> uh, boy, they're wearing little cowboy hats and little decorative vests, and they're just dancing around, but there's so many of them. Uh, so I turned to the wife, who imagined this. She's a little bit smarter than I am. I'm like, is there something in the Costa Rican water supply that's producing all these these midgets? And uh, she looked at me, and she's like, those are children. They were, they were little children. Little ones. They were in little, little children's cowboy hats, not not midgets. Those pesky kids. Hey, Fritz. Uh, have you seen the previews for the new Invisible Man movie? No. Uh, boy, they got a new Invisible Man movie coming to theaters. They're revisiting all those classics. Love Tut uh, Can't wait to see it. <laughs> it seems to me that an Invisible Man movie would be a perfect opportunity to cast an ugly actor in a leading role for once. And guess what? These bozos, the Hollywood geniuses, they cast some handsome young dreamboat as the Invisible Man. Somewhere in Hollywood, there's a talented thespian with a lazy eye and a pot belly crying himself to sleep last night. Every night. <laughs> Questioning God why there's no justice in the world. Hey, lazy eye and a pot belly, but that's enough about Tut's prom date. <laughs> Great personality. Uh, <laughs> and folks in current... Re- turned out to be quite effective, sir, yes. <laughs> hey, uh, and in current real news, a mom... Uh, whose child was dying of the flu and was prescribed Tamiflu by her doctor to give to her sick son, uh, chose to then consult a bunch of mommy anti-vaxxers, those wackos, on Facebook. And she decided to follow their advice and give him elderberries instead. And she woke up to a dead son. Man, your jokes kind of suck. Yaks, uh, aren't elderberries what Gargamel and Azrael were always trying to steal from the Smurfs? The Smurf berries, do I look like Papa Smurf? How the fuck do I know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a botanist. <laughs> so uh, sleep well, mommy bloggers. You killed a kid. Uh, go fuck yourselves. That's a drum shot. I, I don't. Well, we got a great show for you at home tonight, everybody. <laughs> Musical legend Fritz Beers in the house. We've also got wacky wild man Jack Hanna from the Columbus Zoo. He's going to come in and uh, show us some of the crazy stuff, which we're always uh, looking forward to. What a treat. Uh, and yes, the doctor has been ordered to stay away from the llamas this time. I got a little messy last uh, last visit. I'd like to go so ahead to 86, this opening monologue section. Stick around. Okay. We'll be right back. A little golf swing. What do you think? A <laughs> um, little, little polishing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, like the, oh, the happy fifth anniversary. Let's do a shot. <laughs> To no yeah. more monologues. <laughs> no more infant side jokes. And to five, I was it was a joke on the on the it, it was a, it was a joke on the on the on the mommy bloggers and the anti vaxxers mm. uh, uh, Nobody got offended by the midget joke, but the other one, okay. Ah, uh, that's helping it all go away right now. Oh, you're already forgetting those jokes. Ah. Uh, well, until next. Until next time, we'll see how this. See how this I believe out. the politically correct term is lollipop kid, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Fritz Beer, our uh, MIA fifth member. He's always here in spirit. We listen to 
uh, Fritz's music every episode, but he is once again joining us uh, in the hot seat. Uh, thanks for being here, buddy. It's good to be here. It's been a while. It's always fun. It's great, yeah. Uh, you. you know, we don't just let anybody sit in with the Tuesday Night Cigar no. Club. Uh, you got something cooking. Well, we got uh, the Bon Air Tavern that we're uh, getting started in Austin. We hope to be open in March. We talked about it last time, but we were just you were just, just getting underway, yeah. and now we think we're getting close to opening that. So um, should be late March, and uh, we should be opening our doors. What's the street address? It's 9070 Research. 9070 Research. It's a research and burn it. It's a big sign out front. It says Bon Air, B-O-N-A-I-R-E. And you're going to have good beer. Come on, we're going to have good beer. Uh, good cold beer, some Midwest stuff that you don't necessarily see a lot in Austin. Well, a lot of the Austin craft stuff, but we'll also have some um, some of the Midwest stuff that you don't get there, like like uh, old style um, and stuff like that on, uh, on as draft. Okay. Um, and uh, then we'll have a we have a food concept. It's very very inexpensive bar food concept. So. The prices, it's a lost leader, but that not, not not in the bad way. It's good food. Yeah. But it's just it's just like um if you're at a bar in Austin and you think you're hungry, then it's it's twelve twenty bucks. Yeah, it's twelve dollars at least to get something yeah. small. This is the the food cost will be low. Um and we think it's much needed in Austin. Uh can't do anything about housing prices. Not yet. But <laughs> hey, speaking of housing <coughs> prices, have you guys seen? No, I'm not. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done with the jokes. Uh, uh, well, we're very pumped. Uh, we're going to get out there for the soft opening. You guys are coming up with the soft uh, opening. I, I don't, we're going to turn it can... into a hard opening. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Uh, there will be a gaping we, opening before you. I think you we ne- just wait. got knocked off the list. <laughs> now we need you guys to come down and, and really work the staff over, if you know what I mean. Uh, doctor. You that will be easy to do, you, sure. You have your marching orders. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we are we are going Romaine to... Romaine lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. We're going to be uh, frequent uh, frequent regulars at the Bonaire. Can we get uh, a booth? I think we need to put the, you need like to put the show on there every now, on, every now and then. Our yeah. own booth? Yeah, with a picture of our, our heads above it. Oh, that'd be something. <laughs> Along with the other uh, tragedies like the uh, Hindenburg and <laughs> yes. the Chicago Fire and, and all that stuff. The Tuesday Cigar Club. Can y'all have a picture of you guys up there? Do not serve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me plug that, though. Great. Oh, well, uh, we're excited. And as even when uh, Fritz isn't here, as soon as the, the doors open, we'll uh, we'll let the listeners know. And uh, and we'll we'll take the camera down there and sh- shoot some live stuff. And uh That'd be oh, pretty yeah. cool. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, get some good tracking shots of your <laughs> bouncers dragging me outside, <laughs> kicking and screaming. Get the uh, get the shaky cam footage as they're pummeling you in the alley. You're in charge of finding my pants that night. <laughs> I put the doctor in charge last time, and that that didn't pan out. No, I'm going to be the one giving instruction to the bouncers. For God's sake, what's the section? Hey, he said can't work you, him over. Can't you see his head has already been bludgeoned beyond repair? Get into the ribcage, man. <laughs> this is gonna work, Fritz. Uh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be. Uh, I hope you guys are regular guests. Finally, your affiliation with Susan Our Cigar Club is gonna pay off in spades for you. Uh, After the lawsuit, you're gonna be paying in spades. Uh, else, but, uh, I'm not gonna sue Fritz. No, one of his other patrons are going to sue. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, law, yeah. the lawsuits are out of control. What? They're suing the Bonaire? No, they're suing you guys. <laughs> well, we're used to that. Uh, we have a generous umbrella policy. 
mainly because the doctor shoved an umbrella up somebody's ass once. And uh, Todd, how you feeling? I was trying okay? to prove a scientific theory of mine, and it actually, well, it failed to bear water. <sighs> umbrella pun. Uh, <laughs> now that is what you call opening monologue humor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is our fifth. Uh, Terribly unfunny. Sir. Well, actually, I, I think our our first show dropped in. This is uh, towards the end of February. Our, yeah. our first show dropped. The, so, but it's typical. It was early, yeah. It's yeah. typical us. We show up late. We show up late to our own anniversary <laughs> party. Um, but we've got a. What do we do every show, yeah, boy? Well, we hopefully have a delicious premium cigar. Mm-hmm. We hopefully have a delicious craft beer. And we hopefully watch a spectacular film. Uh, we Not ha- in any particular order, though. Two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. <clears throat> speaking, of, uh, speaking of films, I would like to give a shout-out to an actor who I thought did an excellent job that I watched this week. Man, he never does this. No. The floor is yours. The wife and I, we watched uh, Knives Out. Uh, oh. It's like a little whodunit throwback to the Agatha Christie type stuff. Daniel Craig, uh, Jamie Lee. Uh, Captain America? And, and Captain America's in it. Uh, and obviously not. It's not a shout out to Jamie Lee who did a fantastic job. She's always great. Uh, she has got the dry bitch rolled down. She's kind of perfected in the last... And, and just her dryness and delivery of everything she, she is great. very sardonic and it's just awesome. But I've actually seen that character in Scream. Scream uh, so I'm just kind of like, all right, well, you, she did an outstanding job. But I got to give a shout out to Daniel Craig because dude comes up with a southern draw accent. And it's James Bond. I mean, come on, it's fun. And all of a sudden, he is talking with a southern drawl. Well, let me tell you something, Mincy. When we go in, I'm not going to say he didn't slip up every now and then, but the dude went for it. He just absolutely went for it. I and know, I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything other than James other Bond. Other than movies. Bond. I, I, I always see him as just this polished, put-together English dude. And, and no, sir, he, he was pontificating on all kinds of mysteries and antiquities. I should have seen Knives Out. It's very good. A couple of times, like he said, he slipped. I was like, there was a couple of times where I just yeah. immediately saw him and he's going to turn into Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. There was, there was a part of me that was like, I say, I say something. <laughs> Did he say poppycocks once? And like, oh, no, man, he didn't. Right. But I just, I mean, I, there was a couple of times when he turned and you're like, he's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to go big chicken right there. Kudos, Daniel Craig. To get a, a we sh- rip on so many people. Can you I'm talk like, in that right, southern so. voice the whole show? Why, yes, Kate, I would be glad I don't like to. Uh, okay. Well, we we have. Uh, you sounds like you really enjoyed Knives Out. Um, it was fun, uh, especially considering that Ryan Johnson is that his name, the director. I believe it's Ryan. Ryan, the, I don't care because he killed the Last <laughs> Jedi and is the most horrible Star Trek or Star he Wars d- director of all time. Yeah. Here we go. At least he didn't fuck this movie up. <laughs> Uh, oh, excuse me. At least he didn't pontif or defecate all over this movie. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay, so three thumbs up for Knives Out. Um, well, uh, I guess that's a popular movie. It seems to certainly doing well. We, we've certainly. It's certainly not the kind of movie we cover on the Tuesday night. It is Rye. Right, he just spells it with an I. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, 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 it's Ryan. He's, he's American. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. He's an American. It's Ryan. Uh, <laughs> It's like guys with last name Wiener say it's Weiner. No, your last name's Wiener. Wiener. You fucking it says Wiener. Weepe. You fucking Wiener. 
well, we we're speaking of movies. We got uh, a, a, the kind of movies that that we dig deep into. Um, we've got a good one for you really uh, tonight. But first, as usual, we will talk about the cigar. Well, yes, I'm looking very forward into this. Uh, all right, you know I don't. Yeah, let's not. It's do, too late. Let's you not do the voice, the uh, Doctor. Could you make him stop, please? For God's sake, man! I'm not the voice police. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's start already. Tonight uh, we are doing for our cigar. I think there's been a mistake. I only have half a cigar here. It's tiny. It's tiny. It is the Super Shot Buckshot 12 gauge by Viaje Cigar Ooh, like Company. <coughs> if you guys notice, it's shaped like a shotgun shell, sort of. Um, it's tiny. It is a three and one fourth. Is our first uh, three inch cigar. Uh, by 52 ring gauge. The 12 gauge is 52. I believe the uh, 10 gauge is 56. Is that how real shotgun shells are? Is a 10 gauge a bigger bullet than a 12 gauge? Yes. Are they reverse? Yes. I just show up once a year to blast birds and You'd drink. think the 12 gauge would be the bigger shell, but no, the 10, well, 10 well gauge said. is bigger. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes <laughs> sense then. Uh, it's a 3 and a quarter by 52 Mexican San Andres wrapper and all a Nicaraguan filler and binder. Uh, this blend comes to us from Viaje Cigar Company. Uh, well, they made it. They didn't give them to us. Uh, our first Viaje smoke to be featured here on the podcast. Lucky them. And was blended by brand owner Andre Farkas to have something to shoot. I'm sorry. Something to smoke in between shooting. Uh, he's a clay. He shoots clay things. Yeah. Pigeon. Skeet. Skeet. Uh, so he wanted something short. Pigeons. Something short he could smoke in between shooting sessions. And all the various sizes represent different shotgun shells. Uh, and they come packaged, get this, in cute little boxes that look like ammunition, little cardboard boxes right. that look like yeah. shotgun shells. Right. Uh, Doctor, you were involved in a shotgun wedding years ago, weren't you? Uh, I officiated it, actually. Oh, that's right. How'd that go? I lied and said I was a doctor of administration, and they allowed me to uh, oversee the proceedings. Hmm. Did some free drinks? It ended in bloodshed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Still, did you get some free drinks? Of course. Okay. I made sure to see that before the ceremony began. Oh, you think I'm so kind of um, So I'm going to say go ahead and light up, but I think it's fair to say 10 minutes from now I'll be asking you how how was it. How was it? Um, yeah, but up. I'm champing. It is a closed-foot cigar, so uh, I find with closed-feet cigars usually, uh, whereas typically I would light it in my hand a little bit first, I always assume the blender wants you to light it with it in your mouth to get that wrapper um, that blast of wrapper on your first couple puffs, burn it away, and then... Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to do that because it's so close to my face. But I'm not, <laughs> the, I'm not the cigar police, so you guys can light it however you want. Um, and while we light these up, I'm going to let Yak Boy do what he has been doing for five fucking years. Can you believe that? Five years you've been telling us about the wonderful world of craft beer. You can teach a class at Tut's College about craft beer. Can I? Why, yes, you can show up on the quad, as the kids call it, and <laughs> lecture oh, about your beer. I open my big <laughs> Man, I need mouth. an honorary degree. I need one of those right now. Uh, Framed. Framed. All right, now I'll, I'll talk about the beer. Wait, what? Huh? Tell us the beer. Oh. Sierra Nevada. That's all I got. Hey, we that, one of our very first shows was the Sierra Nevada Hot Torpedo. Hot or Torpedo. Hot Torpedo? Yeah, the Hot Torpedo. I think hot, so. Hot Pedo? <laughs> the hot pedo. Double hot torpedo? Something like that, yes. Yeah, something. Again, been drinking for five years. You can't expect <laughs> us to remember anything. From Sierra Nevada, founded 
back in 1979 by founders Ken Grossman and Paul, I'm not going to hope I'm going to say this right, Camusi. The two home brewers who took their hobby and in 1980 opened their own brewery, Sierra, and named after uh, uh, Grossman's love of hiking in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Uh, it, and that was, was all the way in 1980. So the beer we are drinking is their 40th anniversary limited edition, as they call it, the Hoppy Anniversary Ale. Hoppy anniversary. I said hoppy. Hoppy anniversary <laughs> to you. Hoppy anniversary to you. Oh, uh, please continue, my good sir. Oh, Jesus. Sticking with it. You told him to. I know I did. This is my fault. Like Daniel Craig, I'm just going to ride this pony. You're nothing like him. It's James Bond. Uh, back when they had started, like I said, 1980, there were not a lot of hop forward beers. Uh, the IPA, as it is today, was not king, or king to me anyways. Right. Uh, this one, they say, this beer showcases the bold flavors and aromas of a classic West Coast IPA, intense pine and citrus, with a deep gold color and slight caramel sweetness, and here's to hoping for another 40 years of passion. Hopping. Cool. Hopping. Uh, it's Good definitely catch. got that pine. So that West can I Coast ask you a question? Is this, so is this is the fortieth anniversary of their classic green can Sierra Nevada. Well that's that is their pale ale. That's their flagship. Okay, so this is not the okay. This is this is a IP this is their limited edition. But this is just the fortieth anniversary of the company as a whole. Correct. Okay. Okay. So as like Man. I said, the IPA, especially for California breweries, that's you know, if you're in California, IPA is the king. Yeah. So can I, throw, can I throw something else in there? Mm-hmm. Sure. In here? Um, so I live down the street from the one that they put in in Asheville. Their Asheville brewery. It was actually mm-hmm. south. It was down in, in Mills uh, Mills River. Uh, Asheville, Carolina? Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. <Okay>. Asheville, <laughs> North Carolina. Asheville, Carolina? No, I was just <laughs> very thinking. familiar with the Carolinas. <laughs> I'm just saying we've got a bunch of uh, Saudi Arabians that listen to us. They don't know where oh, Asheville, Asheville is. Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sierra Nevada opened no up a brewery in, 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 Asheville, in Asheville, North Carolina. But it was it was south. It's actually in Mills River. And I live south in Arden. And it was literally uh, two miles away. Uh, so we'd go. I went over there and tried all their beers. And I, I finally got to like their the, the green can, the, the pale ale. Yeah. That took a while because I, I was not used to that stuff either. You've never been a like big, it, I'm like, okay. You've never been a big IPA guy, though. Not a big IPA guy. Um, but I tried, so I went down there and tried all their flights, uh, their stuff. And they have a, it's, what I thought was kind of cool about it was they had this, everything had that profile of that pale ale kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, like even like their other, like, the, like something completely different, you'd get that little feel of... That original Oops. pale ale. You get yeah. that little thing in there. You're like, yeah, that's a Sierra Nevada. Yeah, keep right. its identity. Yeah, it had an, an identity, even if it was like way mm-hmm. as an undercurrent or whatever. And uh, all right, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, well, no, no I kind of like that because if you're going if you're going to go for a brand, I like being able to recognize recognize that trend throughout your life. Yeah, I thought I thought that that was actually pr- kind of cool that, that they had a, a a brand thing, a brand taste. Um, I really, you know. Cody and I, I know you guys are hit or miss with IPAs. Yeah, Tut and Doctor. Um, but, uh, you know, Cody and I love them uh, with all our hearts. And, boy, I, I'm definitely getting the pine. 
the, yes. the pine from the hops, which is a big West Coast thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's a classic um, West Coast. It is. I mean, it's it's. Uh, now, I've been drinking a lot of double IPAs lately, so it's 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 kind of taking me a minute to get adjusted to the just the basic. That's, uh, that it's milder. Yeah, just not quite as viscous, not quite as thick, not quite as. Uh, what is it, how many IBUs was this? Oh, let me. Yeah, the numbers. Oh, it's a 65 IBUs and six percent ABV. So, oh, okay. So I mean, it's easy. Sounds about right on the IBUs. Kind of easy on both, yeah. Right. I mean, it's not. It's not pushing it up. I mean, they're not taking it into the 80s or 90s. Yeah, and I respect that. Which makes sense if this is a uh, kind of a celebration of where they started. Uh, People weren't infusing beers with a million hops into a can, uh, you know, 40 years ago. They should have been. I just like it when it sounds realistic. It's not like, this is 98,000 IBUs. Really? It tastes like a Bud Light. 14% alcohol. (laughs) Um, You liking it, Yax? I am. I'm like you. I the the citrus is really prevalent for me. Yeah, I get more pine than citrus. Doctor, you enjoying it? Well, I'm still trying to see how it works with the old uh, buckshot here. Tut buckshot, how's it treating you? Uh, not good. It's way too much maintenance. Uh, well, with, well, with a close to, foot, you kind of have to finesse that lighter until you've got a regular. It took me a little bit, but I mean, it's it looks it's looking and burning like a normal cigar now. Man, I've got four touch ups on this thing, and it's still. On the edge of it, I'm just. Anyway, uh, the taste is okay. I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna sit there and say, "Oh my God, you gotta run out and get this." Uh, well, it's a little early. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, <laughs> you, you <laughs> I, I've literally li- taken like four puffs, and li- I, this, you've is literally the, this is what it is. You've literally taken four puffs and decided uh, what it is. Uh, you've learned nothing in five years. Uh, no, um, boys. I'm just saying I'm a lazy cigar smoker. Don't make me work for it. We did not have time to save a tobacco at the Battle of First Manassas when I was commanding the 104th North Carolina. I say, I say, son. Why'd you guys have to see that stupid Don't movie? But I will, but I will, I will say, there's a uh, man. There's a, there's a. It's an interesting pepper slash spice. It's not really a pepper, but it's not really a spice either. It's like they had a baby on that retro hill. Uh, it uh, is a very nice burn on the nose. Uh, you know, Viaje is, they do a lot of the pepper cigars, the jalapeno, the fat pepper. Uh, I actually reviewed, I believe, the jalapeno on our website, a written review. Um, he, he does kind of nail that, that, pe- that veg, you know, the vegetable yeah. pepper spice, whether it be jalapeno or. And I kind of like that retro hill. I actually. It is do. a nice retro hill. I'm actually getting more out of the retro hill through the nose. Yeah, I'm getting. Uh, it's really enjoyable. Nice whereas through through the draw, I'm just getting that that yeah. Nicaraguan earth. Yeah, um, it actually smells good. Like it's the smell around all. Around the aroma, yeah. the aroma is the really really great. good. Yeah. I actually I smoked a cigar. Um, I think I mentioned on the show. I, I've been doing some. Uh, I was asked to contribute to another. Uh, cigar website, Blind Man's Puff, uh, where we. Uh, panelists get sent uh, blind cigars, no no band on them, and you uh, smoke them and rate them, and you 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 go through this whole process, but you have no idea you know who the manufacturer is, what the cigar is. Uh, it's been kind of an interesting uh, process, but anyway, I smoked a cigar for them this morning, and <laughs> no aroma, like it was tons of smoke, yeah, but it smelled there was no smell to it. Nothing through my nose. Yeah. And literally just 
dirt on the like it was it was the most nothing cigar I've ever had in my life. And like I thought it might be a joke, like every new guy they throw this one in there. It's not even really a cigar, it's just like a bunch of rolled up newspaper in there. Send it to the kid. Uh but but boy, I just couldn't believe I never had a cigar that had that like I could have smoked it in my house and my kids wouldn't have known. Like it had no smell. Yeah, this aroma's nice. Uh yeah. And we're not in usually, you know, we're, we're stuffed into the corner of No Hope. We're here at O'Brien's with a huge ceiling. It's still hovering. I mean, it's oh, not. there we go. Um, okay, well, come, I'll come back to the cigar. It is a tiny cigar, so we do have two cigars uh, to do tonight. I just finished my kid. God damn it. Um, so it, that's, does, it does have something interesting on the very back of the palate. Uh, meatloaf. No, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. It's almost... And it might It might actually be... The or the hops bringing spinach. it out of it because it's a it's a bit I, I I've never had a citrusy type cigar but there's like a citrus type on the back of could it could it be the that, beer it's probably playing with the beer might be the beer maybe take yeah. a step step back from it for a minute mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna let them play together see what see what happens let's see what happens I'm like a we, mad scientist we are cigar detectives that is right uh, yeah that's right. There was a mystery here. We we're going to find uh, that cigar. What's the other thing we do, Yaks? Beer, cigars, and... We do a movies. fine, spectacular film. Oh. You have one of those, mm. right? Hopefully. Yeah. The reason we're smoking About the... Buck- films, mm-hmm. right? The, the reason we're smoking the Buckshot 12-gauge tonight, which, by the way, just hit stores this week. I was afraid we weren't going to get them in time. These showed up in the TNCC mailbox yesterday. But if you're a fan of uh, Smoker's Abbey and Cedar Park, uh, you got them last week. Cedar Park, Texas. This is Cedar Park, Tut's Holmes Cigar Shop. Is that it's your Howard La- Cosell? No, that was, ju- that that was, was. just me being At coy. the Cedar Park Cigar Shop. <laughs> uh, Tut's home, hometown store is Cedar Park. Uh, in Cedar Park, Texas is Smoker's Abbey. I've been there. I've sat in their comfortable chairs and had a really tasty smoke. Uh, it's a really good brewery, the Redhorn Brewery next door. So we'll awesome. give them a plug. And awesome. Tut, if yeah. you wanted to buy some cigars, so you don't have a cigar shop down the street from you, and you had some money, say, I don't know, 100 bucks, you wanted to buy some cigars, what would be the best option for you? Say you're sitting there in your living room and you're wondering, where can I buy cigars from? We do not have a fine tobacconist like Smoker's Abbey in my hometown. Right, well, we, then we, we, we've given them enough. Okay. Yeah. When they start paying us, we'll say their name a few more times. Yeah, that's fair. You might be thinking to yourself, where can I buy cigars? Well, friend, we've got the answer. You can go to www.tuesdaynightcigarclub.com. Five years we've been doing this shit. (laughs) Click on the famous smoke shop banner. Wednesday Night Cigar Club. Damn it. Damn it. And then uh, do your Thursday cigars. night cigarette club. Oh, Saturday morning bird watchers. Ah, son of a bitch. All right, y'all, y'all ask for this. I'm sorry. Click on the famous smoke shop banner dot com there, and then do your cigar shopping. It, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. Do your cigar shopping from there. So you make an order of a hundred bucks. When it gets down to that cart, you put your little promo code TNCC20, and you will get twenty dollars off that purchase. So if you pay for a hundred bucks, and then you put in TNCC20, you are not paying a hundred bucks. You're paying eighty bucks because that's twenty. And I'm going to give you a little tip too, folks. Go to the famous smoke shop website. Before you find what you're looking for, go to cigar. They have a link for Cigar Monster, uh-huh. which is a, a different site, same company. 
that is daily deals with huge discounts on five packs mainly of cigars. Find a five pack that looks interesting to you because if you buy that at a discount, that gives you free shipping. Then you put that in your cart, then you jump over to Famous, get what you want. Now, not only are you getting 20 bucks off, but you're not having to pay shipping. That's how you do it. That's called a pro tip. And if all of that seems abnormally complicated for you, then trust in the doctor who has tunneled a hole underneath Cade's house and right into the bottom of his humidor. <laughs> is that where that shit Which is going? actually a pretty good strategy as well. <clears throat> By the way... Wait, where my underpants been going? A couple of days before St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> yes. one of your TNCC members, Tuttle, has a birthday coming up. And so if you want to buy Tuttle a gift, go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the Amazon banner, do your shopping for Tuttle's birthday gift there, and we will get a little bit of kickback. So I will get a great gift. You will feel great about yourself, and you're saving money and helping keep us the lights on. Well, that trumps my plan. I was going to go to Arizona again, visit old Sloan Stadium over there in Mesa, get you a nice Cubs spring training shirt. Oh, smear, my God, that would be awesome. Smear it and shit and mail it to your house. Jeez. I oh, would. Oh, it's cool till you threw in that last part. Yeah, I was, Please don't uh, do that. I mean, what did I say? I would, uh, uh, I would nothing, like nothing. Oh, and Todd, last By the way, if you're going to Cubs training camp, go to <laughs> TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. And, uh, one last thing. Uh, I see you boys were admiring. Cody and I wore our colors tonight. I admired that. When uh, uh, Cody walked in, I was like, hey. What do you call uh, bikers? What do they call them? Pat or, uh, colors? Colors. Cuts? Cuts. 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 Sure. Uh, we are wearing our Tuesday night hoodies over here. And if you uh watching this on YouTube... Like what you see. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, you need to jump on TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Go to the link that Tut has accurately described as stuff. Is that it? <laughs> I think there might be a shop, maybe. I think it's TNCC stuff. <laughs> it could be stuff. Yeah. Not that you're phoning in or anything. <laughs> what could I... How do I entice people into this stuff? Well, we need to let them know there's like... <laughs> we need to, you know... Stuff. Stuffs. There's stuff there. Uh, we got a lot of... S- With, an S, With an S. So it's more stuff. We got a lot stuffs. of stuffs for sale there. We got coffee mugs, t-shirts, uh, these hoodies. I'm about to go on there and make some hats. Okay. Uh, you know I'm a big hat fan. Uh, I'm going to make some camo hats. going to make uh-huh. some black hats. If you guys got any other uh, colors you want, let me know. Might even do some EPMD fisherman hats. Uh, no, those won't sell to anybody but me. Um, you can even get baby onesies... Thongs for your girl if she's a big TNCC fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take those off with your Late teeth. Late at night, I wear my <laughs> TNCC thong on my TNCC racer back. It's sexy. Uh, there's a lot of Ooh. stuffs on the TNCC stuff link. <laughs> so head over there, and uh, that also helps us out a little bit. Uh, I can only speak for the uh, the hoodies. They're very soft and very... Uh, Man, very, we are plugging the crap out of everything. We need money. <laughs> Help us, please. <laughs> Uh, there will be no success. If, if you want the Tuesday Night Cigar Club to get to our 40th anniversary, <laughs> boy, what a sad show that'll be. We'll be dead. Uh, we'll, yeah, just be a, a static shot of our graves. Uh, Desiccated well, corpse. That's just, that's just, Are they burning? I think they're made of tobacco. Uh, I think I will be like 65, 67. Just... And Daniel Craig. Do you want? Do you want uh, to make a pact where the first one of us who dies, we 
gets cremated and roll their ash, go to send our ashes no. to Drew Estate like and have rolled into a cigar and we'll all sp- no, we'll, we'll send our our ashes that to Drew Estate, they'll roll them up, <laughs> and we'll all do a show where we smoke our fallen brother. That's, that sounds horrible. How about we just yeah, because we give it like shitty notes, like we're getting manure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If it's my cigar, y'all going to be like, oh, yeah, I get notes of sarcasm. Uh, you get notes of smarmy. It's clear the doctor <laughs> ate a lot of cheap prosciutto in his days. You guys getting chicken tenders? Uh, all right, maybe that's not a good idea. Okay, uh, you know what? Actually, Ted, I have, uh, since we've been running, yapping our jaws, I am getting, uh, it, originally it was just a real, just kind of general earthiness, uh, dark, dark yeah, kind of stronger earthiness, um, but I think I'm starting to get a little bit of sweetness from that Mexican San Andreas wrapper. But I'm getting mineral on the on the back of the yeah. draw that's going with that earthiness. The spice is maintaining those. It's actually turned to an enjoyable little smoke. It is. It is. Um, I'll agree. I'll definitely agree with you on the sweetness. I'm picking that up. Yeah. For we did a Mexican wrapper last episode with the Sacred Scales archetype yeah. cigar, and we were both all kind of like, wow, we'd never seen a Mexican wrapper that light. This is what we expect from a Mexican sand. I mean, this is dark, oily. Um, I think it's getting darker as we smoke it. It actually does seem like it's <laughs> kind of changing. What is this thing? Uh, I really like that retro hill. I, I, I'm a fan of that, and I'm normally not mm-hmm. you know, that big of a retro yeah. guy. But Fritz I, I is a guy like who this. doesn't smoke. You know, on the level, you know, as many cigars as we do. Are you enjoying? I mean, it's a fairly on the stronger I'm, side of. Um, I'm with Todd. I, I, I like the. I really like the aroma. So I'm, I'm, I'm pulling through my nose a lot and enjoying that a little bit more than than I am the. Uh, the on, on yeah, my I still. Th- I think the nose still has the palate beat. Uh, it's yeah. just a really mm-hmm. nice retro yeah. I like this, Doctor. Yeah, I'm having trouble getting a whole lot off of it. I mean, it's got a very. When you were talking about sweetness, you're talking about the very end. There's a, like a little bit, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of pepper, just, a little. Uh, uh, through the nose, I'm getting the sweetness on the. <coughs> excuse me, on the draw. I'm not actually getting a lot of sweetness. Haven't uh, good aroma. Good, um, haven't had any construction issues. I had to light it one second time, and I think I just hadn't. I didn't light it correctly off the start. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I got a good light, and I think it's. You know what? I'm going to take this moment before we get into the well. film, real quick. It's our fifth year anniversary. I kind of wanted to get you guys on camera with this news. I didn't want to tell you ahead of time because I kind of wanted to get your reaction. Your reactions on camera. We're, we're <laughs> no, this is we're going to begin. This is going to be our. Be no, this is going to be our farewell tour. Farewell tour. Yeah. Okay. From this point on, uh, this is the 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 TNCC's farewell tour. The good news is what I've learned from Kiss and Motley Crue. And you can do a lot of these farewell tours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shit. So, you know, we, we're going to keep just doing them indefinitely. But every episode I'm going to announce you're here on our farewell tour. Uh, you know. Uh, the, when the Who did their fa- first farewell tour. <laughs> 20 years ago. They, 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 they were sponsored by Schlitz. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think, for, real quick, for, as a musician? I mean, these I just there's all these bands doing their you know last chance you'll ever get to see your your heroes. Ozzy's done like no more tours seven times, <laughs> and they. But it, on one hand, I'm like, man, as a fan, you got to feel like shit because like if you shell out 200 bucks because you just want to see them once in your lifetime, and then two years later they're back in your hometown. I get that, but I also get. 
as a musician, if you've lived your whole life on tour at, at, at that kind of success level, I was thinking about this, and you know, you're pampered, and you're kind of just handed everything you, on the road that you could want, and then, all right, we're done, no more, you know, we're retired. After a couple months at the house with the wives, and nobody just after a while figuratively name, sucking you off and telling you how great you are all the time. After a while, your name Who stays. wouldn't be like, uh, you know what, let's get the fuck back out on tour. That's like where everything is. You may have your problems with your bandmates and shit, but it's got to be a hell of a way to live. I mean, do you, do you ever get like, these guys are full of shit, or do you like, I get it. Like, I get no, I think. I mean, I I used to get pissed off at the um, farewell tour, and then, you know, a year and a half later, they're back out again. So I'd be pissed off at that. Oh, not really, but I mean, it didn't seem like they were necessarily milking that ticket. It's just like it was like a normal ticket, whatever. They're, which are which are way overpriced anyway. Arena show, whatever, yeah. So, uh, so oh my god, so, especially nowadays. But I used to be like, oh, seriously, farewell tour. Okay, see you next year. Um, but I do what I do understand though, because I keep playing w- with my band out of St. Louis, the Bishops, and. And it's not like we don't do a farewell tour. We just get together every now and then and do a show. Um, And why? Because I call the guys up and go, you guys want to do a show? And they're like, fuck, yeah, I want to do a show. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. Yeah. So we practice for a couple of weeks, and then we do a show, and we're like, oh, man. See, I don't think that's the case. (laughs) So at the end of the show, I'm like, okay, all right, you guys want to do it again next year? And they're like, yeah. See, I don't think that's the case with most of these guys, because they all seem to really hate each other. Like, they, they seem to only function together to make... Well, you know, on that level, there's a whole weird thing about it because uh, I, I saw Sammy Hagar talking about the Van Halen reunion tour that he was. Mm-hmm. There was a reunion tour where he with, did half the set and David Lee did the other half. Yeah, so, so whatever it was, so there was a uh, reunion tour with David Lee Roth, and then there was a reunion tour with Sammy Hagar too. Yeah, and Sammy was talking about it, and, and Sammy's actually pretty down to earth. I think kind of cool guy, and he's like. He is. And then so you guys get along or whatever, and Sammy goes, I don't know. We we took separate planes. We took you know everything was separate. I didn't see those guys till we got on stage. Yeah. So at that level, like, uh, who cares? Everything everything is taken care of. Now, what would be cu- curious to me is some of these smaller bands that like one hit wonder bands or two hit wonder bands, like say Gin Blossoms, right? Who came to my hometown in Alton, Illinois, and did like a, on a summer tour schedule and played like a street party. Like recently. Uh, years, or Are they years the guys so who did ago? the Friends theme song? Year or so ago. No, no that was somebody, oh, was that somebody else? really cheesy. They what did the, the uh, They did Jealousy. Thing? Oh, Hey Jealousy. Hey Jealousy. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so I wonder, because those guys don't have all that luxury going on where they've got everything catered and taken care of. They, sure. Those guys get on a bus together yeah. and hang out for, you know, three months in the summer. So I wonder how that goes. But my feeling is they probably actually really... Enjoy You'd those. have to. Yeah. You'd I mean, have to you know, at that. I mean, to me, it was always a drug. I mean. Yeah, it's just yeah, a lot I, of fun, man. Even, like, even when I hated the band. I mean, even when I hated the people in the band. Almost was some, as good as the real There were some times where I, I did, but God, it was good. It, it was good on stage. Now, I hated the 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning tearing down and all that crap. But that's that, these guys aren't doing. No, they're, they're not doing that. Yeah. They're not doing that. 
I will say I was listening to a funny thing with uh, Vince Neil and Martin uh, Cruz not getting up there on a scaffolding. Speaking speaking of his own pedals and rolling no, his I mean, own cords, and well, shit. he couldn't climb up anything. Speaking right of Cruz, they're coming back with a uh, Def Leppard doing well, the stadium. The thing, Bill. Hang yeah. on, hang on, Dale. Because uh, I was listening to a radio show and this guy was like. They were talking about the same subject, and he was like, well, what do you think, fans? And he was like, personally, he goes, I think it's kind of a little bit, uh, the radio host, I can't remember who it was, he was like, I think it's kind of a raw deal, because, but I get it, you know, make the money while you can, if you, if you still can do it, let's, you know, go do it. And he was like, but what did the fans think? And this one guy was like, oh, I remember that final tour. Yeah, because I was married at that time, and crew was coming by, and then they had that contract that they would never tour again. They made a and, huge uh, deal. They signed a contract. It was a huge deal. He goes, and they came through, and I knew this was my last chance to do it. My wife told me, it's either them or me. I got a divorce. <laughs> And went and saw the show. <laughs> and went and saw the show. Uh, firstly, I'm like, well, you're a dumbass for doing that. Uh, but I, at the same time, I'm like, I can understand why that guy has a grievance against Motley Crue. The next thing I know, Vince Neil ran off with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was orchestrated. Trust me, Vince Neil's not running anywhere. He's not running anywhere anymore. Hey, now. By the way, if you haven't figured it out with all this music talk, it really kind of tells you what the mu- movie's like tonight. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we need to get that. Oh, but oh, if, yeah, you want, if you yeah, want to right. listen to some good... Talk about Elvis Costello again. If you want to... No, no, no. Not tonight. Rather. Not tonight. Moving rather. on. Uh, but if you do want to purchase some TNCC-endorsed great music, head over to fritzbeermusic.com, and there is just a treasure trove, oh. uh, The Bishop's... Uh, at a, you know his current band that he's playing with. You've also got Crown Vic uh, from his days in Virginia, which two, one double album, one uh, their original album's great. You got some Punchy on there from his Austin days. Uh, you got a lot of demos. You got some other kind of side projects on there. Ooh, there yeah. is just. If it's po- is it possible to have too much Fritzbeer music in your uh, iTunes? No, the some of our fans. No. I, I don't think so. And some of our fans are wanting to know more. Oh yeah, like, hey, we got we, we got a message the other day. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's like, hey man, what's that song it, that? It was a police lieutenant in Pennsylvania messaged us. Hey, what's that song that plays over your end credits? Uh, and we're like, oh, it's Monotony by Fritzbeer. He's like, I know it was Fritzbeer. I just didn't have the time to look. Look through his website and find out what song it is. <laughs> was, he, was he brother surly like that? Well, no, I know it's Fritz cool. Beer, asshole. <laughs> no, he, I think well, he meant he, it. We said it was a cop, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, of course he was. But he, but he meant it like I know that's what you all you guys listen to, is Fritz. But just I just think son. I know it's uh, Fritz Beer, you shit. And I love. No, it was very nice. <laughs> Monotony is one of my favorite songs. I love it. That is damn our. Song. It is. Uh, it's Why not. Don't our you guys theme? shove that Buddha remembrance up your ass. It's not our theme song, but it it, it very well could it's, be. It's damn near my theme song. All right, song. guys, we can't put this off anymore. Longer. There is a movie right, to talk about. Uh, everybody's got a beer. Everybody's got their cigar. The film tonight, Shotgun. Shotgun. Shotgun Jones. Shotgun. Uh, 1989. <laughs> All right, that's the best part of the movie. Let's go. Let's go back to the, go. Go back to the oh, movies. Man, that was a great movie. All right, let's back. wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, you know, fellas, as I looked over our last five years of podcasts, I realized that we haven't really done a lot of hard-hitting po- police procedural films on the show. Still haven't. So I, I found, I found us, I found us this one, uh, written directed by Addison Randall, who, interestingly enough, at least to me, also appeared as an actor in two amazing films that I hope to cover sometime over the next five years on the show: 1989's Deadly Breed, which is a phenomenal. Uh, movie about uh, white 
supremacists trying to uh, kick all the immigrants out of the country in their own. Well, which which, hey, was, which guy was that? Uh, he played evil, sadistic clansman. No, I mean, which number guy three. was he in this movie? No, he's, this is the writer director. Oh, oh. He actually is, he hasn't done a lot filming wise, but he's acted in a lot of hmm. stuff. He hasn't done a lot filming. Wait, what film was it? Uh, a deadly breed. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I'm thinking a night breed. Never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. like a seasoned pro to me. And he also starred in the 1994 gritty Shannon Tweed crime <laughs> epic Hard Vice, which Hard Tut, Vice. you watched over my shoulder on an airplane once. Yes, I did. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> hey, if memory serves me, they should have called that really, <laughs> really Hard Vice. hey oh Boom. Boom. <laughs> that wasn't the passenger in behind you poking you in the back. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> my little David Letterman laugh. Uh, so we start things off with shotgun, which is obviously why we're smoking the buckshot 12-gauge cigar. How, 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 we, always we comes full always circle. Good, yeah. huh? It's always good. Even if I'm it glad is they a, came. It may be our five-year and two-week anniversary, but we know what we're doing. Finally getting it. We start things off with a rockin' saxophone-heavy Shotgun Jones theme song. Shotgun Jones! Shotgun! Shotgun! Delivering justice! Shotgun! Jones. Uh, played over some aerial helicopter footage of the Pacific Ocean and some shots from inside the chopper that remind me a lot of those interior shots from the Anna Nicole skyscraper movie we had fun with a couple years ago. I'm trying to land! I'm trying to land! Can I talk to you I, later? I really, I really did love the simulated chrome shotgun logo. <laughs> oh, dude, the logo comes up there. That that was half their budget. Um, like, is that is that colored pencil they used, or what is? <laughs> we see the helicopter land, and a sharply dressed white dude named Mister Rocker. Fritz, there's a band name for you, Mister Rocker. <laughs> Mister Rocker. Uh, actually, that's what you should tell people to call you at the Bon Air at your bar. Mr. Rocker. Mr. Rocker. Who's in charge here? Well, that's Mr. Well, Rocker. That's Mr. Rocker. He's right over there. <laughs> Excuse me. Is Mr. Rocker here? Uh, he exits the helicopter once it lands down in Mexico, and he's accompanied by some heavily armed white dudes. Mr. Rocker hands over a briefcase filled with two million American dollars and is handed a briefcase full of drugs by the Mexican drug kingpin Mono is the man's name in exchange. That means hand. It does mean very good. It means hand. They toast to their friendship with a shot of uh, tequila, tequila, which Mr. Rocker kind of struggles a little bit with. Uh, and then Mr. Rocker tells Mono that his boss, Mr. Rivington, wishes to buy Mono's little village at any price. Mono laughs. You pinche gringos are all alike. My village is not for sale. Well, this is not the answer our pinche gringo was looking for, so he grabs the suitcase and runs for the door as his men open fire and blow Mono and his men to smithereens. That escalated quickly. Boy! Yeah, that did. I wish your answer had been different. No, it was funny, but it was like, I look forward to doing business with you all the time. We are doing really good, you pinche gringo. Every time. Uh, Yeah, they blow him to smithereens. Which, Fritz? Bye, Mono. I was never a fan of the band The Smithereens, but if you tell me that they got their name after watching the movie Shotgun Jones, I might like them a little more. Hmm. I will tell you this about The Smithereens. They were loud as hell. Yeah, but you got to admit, they're kind of lame. I don't like them that much. Overrated. Mm. Overrated. Uh, Mr. Rocker gets to the chopper and immediately tells the pilot to take off, leaving his men behind. Except for that one guy. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic, sharply dressed evil white and dude. And he even, he even eggs him on. You can make it. <laughs> so 
So one dude gets up. As they're taking off, another dude gets up. The guy tries to help him. Then Mono has one surviving uh, of his of his Who gang. happens to be a crack shot. Comes out, <laughs> shoots the guy that was holding the guy. He falls, which is for a low-budget movie. is yeah. helicopter fall. And uh, they fly off with the other dude just hanging on by his fingertips. But did anybody notice the one guy who jumps off the... Uh the porch of this house and it looks like he's in the chorus line he does like this little double heel <laughs> kick as he's getting out he's got this shotgun and he's like <laughs> well they're like probably like just run out there and we'll shoot you he's like I'm an actor I can do more with this click Look, my just, heels just, just jump that's, that's okay. basically jazz right. hands <laughs> Uh, I'll say at this point I thought there was some promise. For what this. an action-packed opening sequence, I, I, Doctor! I thought, you're like me; you're on the edge of your seat. I, I thought uh, there was some promise here. I thought we're gonna, just we got it was a tiny seat and it was already on the edge. I'm no, no, it was, just, it was no. a very small chair. I the, got it the the doctor, IKEA. The doc, I was on the edge Doctor of it. has very small furniture. I'll, in his house. I'll, I'll say that at this point I'm still in. I'm like, all right, this is good. Well, I mean, something. I, I can't complain because they, you know, you're sitting here going, okay, what's going on here? Boom, action scene. Boom. I'm in. Yeah, what's going on? Has Cade, has Cade led you wrong before? They're gonna set up the drug numerous, village. I'm, I'm thinking numerous times. Something I mean, going on here. No, of course not. I'm picturing not. maybe some sort of commando sort of climax I where somebody goes and blows up the whole village in a super crazy fight. I thought there was some promise. I thought I thought that village. Yes. That's okay. Well, I thought the guy that came in and made the deal, uh-huh. and then and, and then Mr. Rocker, his, his boys. Yeah, Mr. Rocker. Uh-huh. Like in that helicopter thing, I thought that was him up in the thing trying to help the guy up. Oh no! I thought they had the same suit on. <laughs> the guy had a white suit on. Okay. Yeah. I, no. No. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm barely paying attention. He's, and, he's not helping anybody. And he gets shot. I'm like, what well, the main guy just got shot? No. Out of the helicopter. No. I'm like, no. He, he was up, this a ten minute movie. He, he was up with the pilot. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Well, the next day, Mr. Rocker meets Mr. Rivington, his boss, at his office. Rocker tells Rivington that he took care of everything, and a pleased Rivington says, in his hoity-toity British accent, that they can now move their entire operation down into the Mexican village, where the authorities won't pose a problem as, all these people care about is money and power, and I have both. That was Australian, wasn't it? I was about to say, you sounded like Manu. There's a little Vernon Wells there. Uh, Money uh, Frank and power, and I've got both. All these people sound like Frankenstein from uh, Death Race 2020. (laughs) How do I do an English accent? All these people care about is money and power, and I have. Both. All these people oh, care about like is money. Lucky Charms. <laughs> Exeter, Flexeter. <laughs> I don't do an English accent apparently, so I'm just going to do them in Australian accents. That's how we're doing this. You see, boys. Didgeridoo. Rivington's been doing these illegal operations since Boomerang. way back when he was in law school. So get this: not only is he an evil criminal mastermind, he's a lawyer. Hey, that's the what axe, that's what is, lawyers the axe, are. Which is worse. I thought they were synonymous. Well, they took them. Where's they my, took the where's two my evil eighties guys. What if we made, made him both? How could we make this guy more evil? Make him a lawyer. Yeah. Cade, would you uh, pass me another one of these uh, <laughs> fine bottles of learning serum? Certainly. Rivington proceeds to tell Rocker to get back down there to Mexico and make that village into an impenetrable fortress with tons of guards. Sounds like Mexico's. Gonna have a lot. It really sounds like you know. Rocker was like, "I took care of everything. You ran away. <laughs> I mean, you literally like, oh, you're not gonna sell me the village. Well, he, he saw two at the monastery. Back up out the door. Did you return the rental helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you get the deposit back? Uh, Those things don't grow on trees, Rocker. It sounds like Mexico's <laughs> about to have a lot more pinche gringos in their midst. Am I right? Mm-hmm. 
You know who else is about to have a lot more pinche gringos in their midst, boys? That's right, Tut. I'm talking about the folks in Esteli, Nicaragua, because that's where the TNCC crew, or part of us, is headed in a few weeks to soak in all the wonder and majestic glory of the Drew Estate Cigar Safari. That's right. Yak Boy and I are going to Nicaragua in a couple days. And while we're there, we will be smoking a shit ton, I'm sure, of the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigars. It's a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes. That means bundles of tobacco to you noobs. Uh, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. Not car jacks. Not truck jacks. Railroad jacks. So Caden it's Yaks actually are one going jack to, uh, per barrel. Caden Yaks are going to Central America. Turns out this is the farewell tour. The three of us are going to start. Uh, this could be the last time you see us. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. We're the noobs. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months. It takes longer to make this cigar than it takes to bake a baby in your belly. Uh, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. That's a selling point, I guess. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. It's a unique cigar. Go seek them out. It is. And, Fritz, I've actually got one for you to, uh, to try we'll, when I get you your yeah, okay. little thing. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's my favorite expression of barrel uh, fire-cured tobacco. Um, I, I, I appreciate it more in the Pappy Van Winkle uh, line than anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, go seek those out. They're really good. So when I get that phone call, Doc, help me. Call the American Embassy. Sorry, there's a noob on the end of this line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure they'll have confiscated our cell phones by that point. Uh, now these guys will be going like, uh, did you take care of everything down in Nicaragua? <laughs> yeah, I took care of everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fine. Nicaragua in flames. Cigar industry demolished. Shotgun cane. Shotgun. <laughs> Uh, did you get all your vaccines? Oh, yeah. Someone told me that we're supposed to have those. What's going on? <laughs> I found out yesterday. Coronavirus. It's okay. I can perform vaccinations for you both. Oh, that's right. Did you bring them? You, you keep that in your truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shotgun, Shotgun, <Nancy>. doctor. <laughs> Uh, speaking of cigars, I'm almost done with mine. I'm almost done. Uh, you guys enjoyed it? Yeah, I actually have. Uh, it's got a bit of a strength. It's got some strength to it, which I appreciate. Uh, it it doesn't really have a lot of transition to it, but there's a nice little complexity to it. And I, I've, I've enjoyed that retro hell from the moment I've lit up. Not yeah. the moment I've lit up, but after once I finally got a good burn going. Yeah, you bitch about it for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, once I finally, finally got a good burn <laughs> going. Uh, yeah, that retro hell was there. Uh that palate is nice because it's I, I I love cigars that give you a nice dry palate uh, and then flavors through the retro ale so I'm 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 cool lasted longer than I thought and it lasted yeah I was gonna say it lasted longer than I thought uh, no one's ever she, told me that's that. what she said <laughs> um, it's clocked in right about the hour mark 
Um, Maybe a little less. A little bit less because we, we, we took we a lot of light out. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, that earthy mineralness has been nice. But, man, that it, I think if you're not retrohaling this through your nose, you're you're missing out on the You're missing out a lot. Point of uh, okay. You guys want to guess price point on this little sucker? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, abstain. Cody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... Tough one. I'm gonna go nine fifty. You pay by the inch. You pay by the inch. All right, twenty five dollars. <laughs> I'm horrible with numbers. Those were my rates back at Sam Hughes State <laughs> University. <coughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't even get that. One couldn't even get that one out. Uh, how much? Nine fifty. Nine fifty. It's a one year yearly release. Uh, nine fifty. Does that sound? What do you think, Fritz? I know you don't buy a lot of. Huh. Right. I'm gonna say eight bucks. Eight bucks. Uh, I'll go ten. Ten. I'll okay. go ten oh one. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Way to go, Price is Right. I'm gonna go. Shit. Oh, it's way more. It? It's too much. I'm gonna go uh, six sixty nine. No way. Oh. Nope. I was gonna go. T- oh, you should have said twelve. It's a twelve gauge. Oh. I was still the lowest. Seven sixty. Ah. Really? Yeah, 760. I would call that very fine value. These yeah, days. I got these for a little over 40 shipped. Wait a minute, that means for I a five pack. Wait, I went right. You uh, said six, oh, wait, it's 695. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven, uh, 760. 760. Would you not agree that for in today's day and age, for a cigar that has decent flavor, hey man, I, I unlike t- unlike Tut, I had uh, mine lit beautifully off the the close foot. I had a perfect burn from the get-go. I'm still smoking. I'll still smoke it for a little bit here. Really, just a really enjoyable retro hail with a just a straight, straightforward profile, earthy uh, Nicaraguan mineral and earth. I won't give that a high yeah, like score it. on the value. Uh, Seven sixty for this. I'll I'll, I'll endorse it because uh, I was actually thinking that it was coming in a little bit more than that. I thought it was going to come in. From what I've seen of Viaje, they're all yearly releases. I mean, I think he does have some core lines, but very few. But most of it is like this year, Christmas time, the candy canes come out. The fireworks come out at you know Fourth July. The buckshot and the 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 super shot, the shotgun shells come out at a certain time. Like it's just yearly. Yeah. He has a Thanksgiving cigar. Yeah. I think I think it's just kind of how it happens. Yeah, seven bucks, seven and a half bucks. Yeah. For if if you're if you're paying seven and a half for this, <clears throat> that's that's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, well, that night we're and everybody's enjoying the beer. Oh yes. Be honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am. You know mm-hmm. Well, I'm digging in here. That night, we're treated to a rockin' montage of the seedy late-night Los Angeles downtown scene. Um, there's titty bars, nudie shows. At one point, I could have sworn I saw the doctor walking out of a dirty bookstore. You did. And soaking it all in our... Reading edifies the mind, Mr. King. <laughs> well, they sell things other than books there, don't they? I've never it's been in. It's an adult bookstore. I've <laughs> never been in one. Um, so obviously they're going to have there. adult things like tax attorneys <laughs> and perusing <laughs> some PG hey. Woodhouse in the adult bookstore. Fritz, Fritz knows the score. I was in there picking up a little <coughs> Joseph Heller. Um, Catch 22 titties. You're picking up some stuff. Uh, and soaking it all in are plainclothes detectives Max Billings and Ian Jones. Ian Jones. I always get that name. Some guys like Ian. Some guys go Ian. I think it's yeah. Ian. I think so it's, Ian. it's not like Rian. Yeah, it's Ryan. Ryan. That's that's Ryan. He just spells it weird for some reason. 
They make nice with the streetwalkers. They're not here to bust anyone yet. They're just walking their beat, keeping a keen eye on things. Murtaugh, I mean Billings, <laughs> is played by veteran actor Riff Hutton. Man, this African-American actor's been in a Everything. gazillion things. I remember if him as the car say He works at Putty's car lot in a classic Seinfeld episode. I was going to say he's in Seinfeld. Uh, I, I couldn't figure out specifically what I'd seen him in. God, you, you saw him in everything. In at the 80s, he literally was had in an everything. episode in every, every TV show. show. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was amazed to see him in this. Well, look, but I then at the same time, I was like, no, it makes sense. Yeah, for the first time ever, I looked, uh, I looked this guy up, yeah. uh, 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 hanging out with you guys. I looked this guy up, and I'm like, I knew, I knew I'd seen him oh, everywhere. Yeah, this guy. Uh, as soon as I saw I was like, I was like, it's that guy. I couldn't tell you what that guy is, but I mean, it's that guy. <laughs> he, he was totally that guy. He's Riff Hutton is his name. Hey, Riff, that's a music thing. Yeah. Wonder if he, what if he plays guitar? And then, of course, Ian, you uh, previously saw him. He was, uh, his Ian. brother had just been killed. He was, comes from uh, the Appalachian area. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, that's next of kin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I enjoyed Ian as part of the uh, singing duo Brooks and Dunn. Uh, <laughs> he does look like that dude from Brooks and Dunn. I'm sorry, he, I mean, that was kind of the thing. I, I, like, well, hold on, I haven't introduced him yet. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Riggs. <laughs> no, no, Jones. Shotgun Jones Riggs uh, is played by Stuart Chapin, um, who does look a lot like Ronnie Dunn. Ronnie Dunn from Brooks well, he, and Dunn. He is, he, right now he is dressed if exactly like Patrick oh, Swayze is, from Next of Kin. Oh, I thought he was uh, doing uh, the Liam Neeson from Next of Kin. The both. Uh, they <laughs> both had their little ponytails and the and the... Not well, necessarily a cowboy hat or, you know. Well, I don't know. If, is that a fedora he wears or, it was a, kind or a, of a Panama fedora. hat? It's kind it, of a Panama yeah, hat. I, I couldn't it was tell. A fedora, but it was a big... <laughs> a big build fedora. It looked stupid, whatever it was. Uh, he's played by a guy named Stuart Chapin, who only had a half dozen or so credits when he sadly passed away back in 2016 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I think really? you were there in 2016. Did you ever cross paths with this guy? I remember, no. We went to that film festival together in Fredericksburg. I wonder if he showed up. He showed up. <laughs> he He's like, this is no shotgun Jones. <laughs> yeah. Like, get uh, him out of here. Something tells me Nobody's that... ever heard of your stupid movie? Something tells me that Ian probably lived a hard life after this movie, so you might not have recognized him. Well, he certainly looked like he lived a hard life before it. Yeah. And uh, I believe his IMDb credits, it's not like he was acting in 2016. No, no. He actually brought us our beers at the theater where I'm we watched. I'm not sure he was uh, acting our, in 1989. But don't look at me. I was in the bookstore picking up a copy of For Whom Your Balls Told. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Very good. Maybe read a review for the website. The David Lee. Uh, the grapes of David Lee Roth. Roth. <laughs> the grapes of Roth. I was actually <laughs> the more, grapes of Roth. Yeah. I, I was actually more. <laughs> I was actually more of a fan of uh, uh, Catcher in the Thighs. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Oh. I don't know the great Aspie, but... <laughs> all night! All night! Oh, my goodness. Uh, War and Peace of Ass. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, was too easy. I'm sorry. Uh, the two top-notch sleuths watch as one of their favorite whores, Rhonda, gets into a convertible Mercedes driven by Mr. Rocker. Right when she gets in, she kisses him on the lips. Yuck. Uh, right? And that when the Mr. Rocker should be like, whoa. Uh, but again, 
Billings and Jones crack jokes to one another as they clearly don't give a shit at all this crime going on. Jones is half asleep under the bill of his stupid hat, whatever he's wearing, and Billings is busy reading a book. Uh, they're not paying attention to all the crime going on. Rocker, a book? A he book. purchased at the store. He bought at the store. Lord of the guys. That's not a conk they're blowing into. Uh, rocker, oh. damn you, Yaks, and what you bring out of me. Oh, it isn't me. <laughs> rocker Ooh. checks Rhonda and him into in himself. Uh, he checks Rhonda and he into. I don't know how that grammatically works. He checks himself and Rhonda. Rhonda and the prostitute. Uh, no, rocker and the prostitute. They check into a motel that charges by the hour. The clerk tries to hand him a rubber, but when Rocker tosses it back at him, I don't need it. Rhonda snaps back. If you don't need it, then you don't need me, Buster. Good for Rhonda. Hey, this is the 80s. You better be using a rubber. As Rhonda begins undressing up in the room, Rocker exits the motel room and immediately... He's not out the door. The door hasn't closed, and immediately the bathroom door swings open to a blazing guitar solo for its blazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a man clad in all leather, <laughs> wearing a sweet doctor-style black vest, a gimp mask, studded codpiece with matching elbow-high spike gloves, and carrying a bullwhip emerges. Ooh, I like your outfit, baby, Randa, Randa Coos. Ignoring the fact... A fully dressed guy in casual clothes was there two seconds ago, and now this this guy bad, like it couldn't possibly have changed clothes that fast. Um, she sprawls out on the bed and asks the masked man whether he wants lips or hips. Fritz album title. Was at this point uh, that I put down my copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone boner and wondered what was it Kate was actually making me watch. Uh, you kept watching. You kept watching. You all did. And when he says, I think lips. Drinking heavily. Was that an English accent? I think lips. Well, when he says it in his British accent, our suspicions are confirmed. It's the evil lawyer, Mr. Rivington. He's got a dark side. Rocker brought her up here. Now Rivington's out in the leather I actually gear. had to. I actually did the IMDb at this point because I was like, I'm sure that's Andy Bell from Erasure. The band Erasure? You think he thought this would be a good career move? Uh, Stranger Uh, Things, man. Well, I knew it was Mr. Rivington. Whether that or the rhythm guitars from Judas Priest with that cod piece (laughs) and those gloves. Uh, Which, that would have been cool. Um, After slowly stripping her dress off, Rhonda crawls over to the edge of the bed to blow him, and he punches her square in the jaw. Which, at this point... It's like, I'm okay with this. This is just no, standard, standard foreplay. I was going to turn the movie on. This is why I'm going to end it. No, I'm like, okay, so she just got punched in the face, and then what does she say? Hey, if this is going to get rough, it's going to cost you extra. Dude, no, it's going to get expensive. Oh, then it's going to get very expensive. It is Australian. Oh, it's going to get very expensive. <laughs> I told you, I'm just going to do it Australian. And I'm fine, I'm fine with the Aussie. Uh, so he proceeds to beat the shit out of her while Mr. Rocker stands guard outside the room, as if in this hotel anybody's going to come help her. Uh, speaking of Rocker, he makes a point to stop back on their way out by the clerk's desk to throw the rubber back at him. I told you I didn't need it. Get a good look at my face. I don't use rubbers. 
Like, why? If you're up there beating the shit and killing people, like, why would... <laughs> See this guy? I don't use rubbers. Steve! <laughs> yeah. Remember my face. Jeez. Seems kind of stupid, right? Uh, but when Billings and Jones arrive on the scene minutes later, they were just staking out down the street. Literally outside. The, mo- hey. the motel clerk tells them, hey, man, all I can remember is the guy wore fancy clothes. That's it. <laughs> Jones tells the man to start warning all the girls that utilize this place that there's a basher on the loose. Outside on the street, Billings is losing his cool. Why? Why did someone do this to Rhonda? She, she's not into this kind of stuff. <laughs> I, he got better as an actor over the years. He wasn't this bad in Seinfeld. Uh, doctor, are My there... God. Are there prostitutes that are beaten this close to, to death in their lives and, and manage to bounce back quickly, or are they usually pretty traumatized after this? I'm not sure why the question is posed at me directly. Your doctor! But, uh, well, it depends on uh, how bad the wounds are that are received, and uh, I suppose uh, if they continue to get paid an exorbitant amount of money... They keep uh, coming back. They would keep coming back. Yeah. But don't ask me. I was just there to pick up F. Scott Fucks Gerald's Decker's Your Mama. <laughs> How was that? Very good, very good. Some of his better work. Uh, she's a hooker, Max. Oh, I'm sorry. Jones. She's a hooker, Max. It comes with the territory. He's very calm. My, but she's a hooker and a human being, too. You, if anybody, should understand that. I swear that this scene was shot ADR because it's his face is, is not towards the camera and it was just like well when Max says she's a hooker and a human being you should understand that boy that gets one of our first cold hard stares from Shotgun Jones this crazy look on his eyes it's actually our first of many wide eyed crazy facial expressions from Jones Billings apologizes to a partner I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm just I went too far and they head off to try to find the sadistic son of a bitch a few hours later, we find Jones asleep on his couch. His prostitute sister, Tanya, comes home and tries to remove the gun from his holster, but he snaps awake, grabbing her hand. He's so hardcore, he sleeps with his shoulder holster on. Tanya kisses his forehead and tells him to go back to sleep, but he can't help himself, and he asks her how many tricks she turned that night. Leave it alone, Ian, she sadly responds. See, now Billings crack about she was a hooker but a human being. That makes sense. I thought for a minute, I was trying to, because it had no context, I thought maybe Jones was going out and, like when his police ship was over, he was like a male prostitute. Yeah, you should know. If anybody, you should know. Which I, I who's hiring this guy? <laughs> I thought that was his girlfriend. I thought like he had a hooker girlfriend. I thought he was hooking, which was weird. Yeah, weird. But you're right, it was out of context. I thought it would take far <laughs> later on to bring this point up, but I, I think it's worth saying now. Um before I get into actor bashing, do some bashing of my own. Uh, <laughs> You're the basher. This uh, this screenplay did no one any favors as far as performers are concerned. Very melodramatic lines. I mean, they yeah. did they did oh, the. Come on, it was horrible. <laughs> melodramatic, my ass is horrible. It was a terrible script. But don't you think it would have been interesting if if Shotgun Jones was a male prostitute when he got off his police ship? He's no Brad Pitt, but there'd be somebody weird out there with a fetish for that, right? Yeah. Also, gives new meaning to his name being Shotgun Jones. Looking for a good time, honey cakes. I've watched next. Get in. I've watched next of Ken. Get in. Uh, Next night, we're with Billings and Jones. The rocker picks him up. 
Get in here, get in here, Blondie. Get oh, in. it's you. <laughs> It'll cost you. I will take the rubber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get rough. Next night, we're with Billings and Jones as they shake down a local porno shop owner, Joey, for information on the basher. That's what they're calling him now. You know, Jones is serious now because he's wearing an extremely baggy button-down cardigan sweater. Yeah, I can't help but notice he went from next to kin. Now he is like Big Lebowski before Big Lebowski was a thing. He looks like a child psychologist. Like he's got this huge, like comfortable, giant sweater. The dude is huge. He's an enormous. If you watch the movie, every time they walk through a doorway, he has to duck down. Like he's just this monstrous guy. Um, they tell Joey that they'll ignore his selling of kitty porn tapes for any leads he can give him. What? Yeah, that sounds. That, right. that maybe far no. worse. And when Joey comes up with nothing other than the guy looks like he works out a lot and he has a lot of money because he bought all my best bondage stuff that I had for sale. Shackles, handcuffs, leather clothes, that kind of stuff. They still cut Joey a break as he has kitty porn tapes on the counter in front of him. <laughs> but Jones does grab one of the kitty porn tapes. Burn all the kitty tapes. Or Billings and I will be back to burn your whole store to the ground, Jones says. You're a real son of a bitch, Jones. Joey snaps back. But then he adds this. But you two need to nail this guy. Rhonda was a good kid. Ew. That's a weird line coming from a guy that sells kitty porn, kid. right? Come on. This is... Uh, I thought she was a good kid. Joey Rhonda was, didn't deserve this. I thought creepy little Joey was the best actor in the movie. <laughs> he actually oh, he was. Creepy. was. He, he was, was waiting for him to be like, she was a good kid. These tapes prove it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. boy. Sorry, but that's what... What do you expect? I was sitting here... I was more shocked, like, this is kitty porn. Like, that's like a serious, like... Yes, it's like the crime. worst, the worst like, crime in the world. What can you give we us? We let everything right. else slide. All right, this kitty porn, it better be gone when I get back. Wait, wait uh, what? And, and not to mention that Rhonda was, Rhonda's a good kid who looks old enough to be your mother, maybe. Yeah, I don't, that, that I don't know why, funny. but I've a good I've, kid. A good kid. Well, I think she might have been 16 going on 50, you know, 56. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've always enjoyed the uh, the bookstore character, uh, the adult bookstore character, the guy who works there. Mm. R- regardless of the movie, whether it's like a, what was that Nicolas Cage one, the 8 millimeter, Eight millimeter or, yeah. Good movie. You know, uh, even the dude from, uh, what was it, uh, Punisher. Uh, oh. <laughs> I just got like, but I, I kind of thought that maybe they should do what Punisher does. As soon as they saw the kitty porn, just shoot this guy. No, uh, that wasn't going to happen. But I was think, also thinking maybe it was just going to turn into naked gun. Like, no, but this was like a known scum thing. like you. This is disgusts me. This, hey, but I got your kitty porn tapes. All right, I'll get those later. <laughs> hey, shotgun, we got a, your copy of Where the Red Fern Blows in. <laughs> it's a gift. It was a gift. Uh, hit his head on the door. It was a gift. Oh. All of a sudden, it's a wacky. Yeah, that, uh, made, that made absolutely no fucking sense. No, it didn't. Uh, we then cut to a very frustrated Mr. Rocker as he tries in vain to pick up some more hookers off the street. But they're all wise to what happened to Rhonda, and they won't get in the Mercedes with the basher. He meets up with Mr. Rivington in a motel room, the same motel room that Rhonda was beaten in. That seems sloppy to go back to the scene of the crime. And I say he's the sl- sloppy in every sense of the word, that motel room. Did you not see my face the first time? Well, get a good look the second time. We don't need a rubber again. Uh, and he informs his bizarre kind boss. What place do they run at the America's Best Value in? <laughs> it's no value. It's no value at all. 
he tells his bizarre boss that he's had zero luck in finding him any fresh victims. Rivington, sitting there on the bed, decked out in all his leather mask and all his Aww. gear, takes the bullwhip and wrenches around his own neck and begins to sadly cry, and we fade to black. What a weird scene. That was weird, right? Like Yes, it was terribly no, weird. No, but like legitimately, that was kind of like a weird, creepy scene. I'm not saying it Like, I'm sorry, boss. They just won't come with me anymore. He's like, that, that was... I can't beat the shit out of some prostitutes. <laughs> I thought it was kind of bizarre. After meeting with a fat guy named Dooley at a lit bar... I love this dude. Who they... <laughs> I'm sorry. He was fun, man. Uh, well, this is a bad actor, this, but it was this, just... This, is the, this, this scene encapsulates this movie so well because... Well, you'll know after I describe it. So after meeting with a fat guy named Dooley at a lit bar where they paid him money so he could suggest that they should interview a girl named Sherry that the basher attacked earlier... So he, they paid him to tell them how to do their jobs. Yes. You might want to talk to Sherry, one of the victims. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yeah, Dooley. Yeah, thank you. you would have Good her advice. in your police Here's reports. It's in your police reports on your desk. You guys Here's are the how to lousiest do it. cops ever. <laughs> they head over to Sherry's apartment. The front door hasn't even closed before Sherry strips off her shirt, showing them deep bullwick marks all across her breasts Dude, and back. she's messed up. And her face. Well... Kid drew some crayon lines on her. The, the more I screamed, the harder he hit. And when I finally passed out, he really went to town, Sherry says. The basher broke her ribs, her jaw, and damn near kicked her spleen clear out of her body. And that was before he started whipping her. Doctor, do you think Sherry will ever fully recuperate, not just from the physical wounds, but the emotional wounds? Well, the crayon marks, I think she can just rub those <laughs> off with a little dry eraser or a damp rag. But... Uh, uh, if you Doc, almost get Doc, the spleen kicked out of you, Doc, it's, I our, mean, it's our five-year anniversary. Can I just get one? My God, I was getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> have you ever had the spleen kicked out of you? Once. I've seen some patients who have darn near had the spleen kicked out of them, and my God, the pain they're going through. It was at a slaughter concert. Which is why Sherry is a horrible actor because for someone who's got a broken jaw, cracked rib, man, she's kind of spry in this scene. And she's talking pretty good too with that cracked jaw. Cracked jaw, yeah. Every nerve ending in her prostitute's body must be on fire from the spleen almost being kicked out. Do you think her vagina would still work? Once the spleen gets kicked out, nothing works. But? I mean. Doctor, can she go back? Kind of spry, so can she go back to work tonight? I'm afraid it's far too early to tell, Mr. Tuttle. That's what I was looking for. Uh, unfortunately, all she can tell them is the same old shit. He's got a lot of money and he drives a fancy Mercedes. They're and wears nice threads. And wears nice threads. Right. They're not oh, we're in L.A. Okay. They're not collecting oh. a great deal of clues here, are they, boys? Well, why don't they go back to that hotel dude and say, did you look at his face? The men agree that until a so-called decent civilian lodges a complaint as opposed to a lady of the night, they're probably not going to get any decent leads on the elusive basher. Well, this trail's run cold. Let's go back to Dooley. He's over top of four. <laughs> hey, Tut, you're lighting your uh, second cigar? Uh-huh. All doom, right. Well, doom, then I should doom, probably doom, tell you about doom, it. Doom, doom, we have two doom, cigars doom, tonight, doom, folks. Doom, 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 doom. J.C. Newman's Cigar Company is also celebrating an anniversary, and so we are going to be smoking tonight their Brick House Maduro. It's a brick. Hey, house. We got our musician in our midst. 
That's a song. Brick House. We have two musicians in our midst. I don't know Fritz Beer, but we have two. Since we have two musicians in our midst, Brick House. Who who did Brick House originally? Commodores. Lionel Richie. Commodores. Lionel Richie did it. Commodores. No, Lionel Richie. I believe he did it with the Commodores. I've heard it both ways. Uh, Rob Zombie did a version with Lionel oh, Richie God, it's uh, on the ha- uh, really? what's a, wow. the House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's, horrible. it's really, really bad. Imagine Gee, that. that sounds really good. Actually, Imagine I, I kind of dig some zombie, but oh, this I, I, is no, horrible. I, no, uh, no, he does some really good stripper music, but that, that is not one of them. Uh, it is a six, yes, he does. Unlike our first cigar, the Brick House oh. is a 6x52 Toro. It's a Brazilian... Uh, a rapper, a rapper rocker. Okay. Rapper rocker. A rapper rocker rapper. Mr. Rocker. Uh, like our first cigar, Nicaragua, Nicaragua binder and filler. J.C. Newman launched Brick House, a true Cuban puro cigar made with the finest Havana tobaccos, years and years ago. To honor his family and heritage, J.C. modeled the Brick House label after his childhood home, the only Brick House in their small Hungarian village. Locals and visitors would gather at the house nightly to eat, drink, smoke, and enjoy each other's company. But with the Great Depression came the end of the brick house. Here we are. Over 80 years later, grandsons Eric and Bobby Newman relaunched Brick House using the most exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos, carefully hand-rolled by master artisans and then aged in the mountains of Nicaragua. Brick House... Brickhouse Maduro, uh, what we're smoking tonight, is rolled with the same highly acclaimed Brickhouse filler blend and finished with a Brazilian Araparaca wrapper. Araparaca. Araparaca. Every Brickhouse cigar is a melding of flawless construction, superb quality, and a master blend. Darker and spicier than the original Brickhouse, Brickhouse Maduro offers a full-bodied flavor balanced with rich hints of sweetness, is what they're alleging. Well, yeah, we'll okay. be the judge. We'll see about that. I've got a little bit of sweetness on the cold draw. <clears throat> um, it's got a nice little... Oh, little, there is some raisin-like sweetness yeah. on the cold draw. Sweet raisins. Okay. Uh, will you guys light up that? I'll, I'll get back to it shortly. Uh, anybody need a beer before I... Uh, yeah. 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 Would you... Would you uh, uh, can you reach a rolling rock? A rolling rock from Mr. Beer? <clears throat> okay. Oh, yeah, you can twist that one. No. That night, while Billings is uh, at home spending some quality time with his wife, oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Jones is tracking down his hooker sister, Tanya, at a weird 80s dance club. Man, if you guys ever hear me say the phrase, man, I, w- I miss the 80s, make me watch this scene again because it made me... Wish the '80s never happened. Oh God, this club. <laughs> this, I don't, just white people I know dancing, stupid, horrible music. That was the '80s. Just. Uh, where do you think the production crew from Shotgun managed to get location agreements to, Mr. Cade? We have some experience getting location agreements. Um, any place that would. You guys are gonna shoot a movie called Shotgun here, huh? With this Neanderthal. <laughs> uh, we're not closing, so. Uh, just, just, you know, if you want to pay us, we're going to stay open. Trying to and, bump uh, your camera at any of our customers. Yep, uh, pretty much. Well, Jones does find Tanya just as she's about to leave with Mr. Rocker. Uh-oh. She tells Ian, look, you're my brother, not my keeper. And she leaves with Rocker, but not before Jones gives the bad guy his classic shotgun Jones stare. 
Yeah. And, and, Rock, you, and, and Rocker's like, look at my face. I'm taking this hooker to that hotel. Look at my face. I'm the guy who's been there twice already and doesn't use rubbers. Remember me. I was waiting, <laughs> and, and he I was was waiting for him to just toss the rubber. I don't use these. I need a lead. Where's Dooley? And he was wearing nice threads. He was wearing nice threads. Didn't you think Rocker looked kind of like uh, Officer uh, John from Chips? Oh, yes. oh, Poncho's partner. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox. Yeah, he kind of looked like he him. Kinda didn't he kind of did. Uh, Rocker. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Uh, Rocker yeah, takes laughing because he doesn't know his name. Yeah, Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox. All right. <laughs> I think he also uh, was a different Wilcox that was in the books you were reading. Uh, reading edifies the mind. It does indeed. Rocker takes Tanya back to the motel room, the same motel room where all the beatings take place. Uh, you would that our that detectives that. have not yet figured out to stake out, maybe. And Why the we keep finding all these bodies in this fucking motel room. And the hotel manager doesn't go like he's here. No, no, he dude, that's his business. If you start if he starts calling the cops, he's out of business. I mean, what did they wait down in the lobby? Did the yeah, cops leave yet? Wants, yes. I keep okay, wanting to see, like, like Doctor mentioned, I keep wanting to say, like, a family with kids. Like, look, we thought the America's Best Value Inn was was stood for something. This isn't the this isn't what we bargained for. We made our reservations. There's no, no value here, and this isn't America. <laughs> Why didn't you give us a rubber with our keys? <laughs> I have two children, for God's sake. <laughs> Dude, the overweight dad's all. I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> no, he's like, I need it. Uh, well, get guess what happens. Yep, Rocker leaves the room immediately, and Mr. Rivington pops out of the bathroom as Tanya starts undressing. Fritz, this music here, where he steps out, she's taking off her clothes, and he's looking at her panties. She's a very attractive woman, Tanya. Is this distorted guitar Uh hanging on this note. It sounded so similar to some of the music you did in our film Underbelly. I mean, it just reminded me so much of... That same kind of that, that, growl, that growl when it like, starts. That reminded me so much of the sick, twisted things I've made you write for me. But no, to our to our listeners, you mentioned that that was actually performed with an ebo on the guitar. Some of that stuff that was done in underbelly. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what this this Joker did, but on underbelly, used it's like a magnetic device you hold in it. It basically pulls the whatever key you're playing and just it long it stretches it yeah it, so it sounds almost like you're holding a uh, like an organ note in a sense because it just holds that guitar note yeah. and, and then when when that scene first starts you hear that and, and then the guy goes crazy and starts thrashing well <laughs> uh, bashing Thrash. No, no, thrashing. Thrashing. Uh, go over to our YouTube channel. You can watch our film Underbelly and uh, see here here Fritz do it much better than the guy who did the music for this one. Um, and it's free. Go to YouTube, watch it for free. Uh, well, Rivington likes what he sees. Looking at those panties as he licks his bullwhip, and then he Indiana Jones style uses starts using it on the terrified Tanya. Um, I, thought what the, I thought what was funny was he, he comes out and he whacks her on the ass, and she kind of goes, oh. <laughs> she was like, we're a hard whack too. Yeah, she, she, like, just, she just kind of turns and goes, "Oh, yeah." If I did that to one of you guys, you shoot <laughs> she six feet up in the air. No, but man, these girls see a lot. I mean, they're, they're getting their asses whipped five, six times a day, probably. Uh, boy, what a hard life. They chose it. Yeah, it's a hard life, but it's the life we chose. I, yes. I, I'm not prepared to get into a deep discussion about streetwalkers. I wish I was. I should have done more homework. <laughs> 
should have majored in literature at San Houston State. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Next, in a gut-wrenching emotional scene, Jones rushes to the motel where he's met by Billings... Who's blocks, who blocks Jones's way in. He tells his partner, the paramedics did everything they could, Jonesy. But Tanya, between the drugs and the beans, she just didn't have a chance. What does that mean? What does that mean? She's dead, buddy. She's dead. What does that mean? <laughs> she doesn't have a pulse anymore, Jones. She's, She's deceased. Dead. What, what does, does that, that mean? <laughs> Life has exited her body. What does that mean? He said he said gut-wrenching emotional. Did we watch the same movie? I don't think so. Oh, come on, dude. It was neither gut-wrenching nor emotional. Well, you I laugh. You I, guys weren't... Happiness is an emotion. Uh, <laughs> Jones obviously is devastated by this news, and so is Billings. At the end, Jones storms off, and Billings like, Oh, I need a drink. Oh, Christ, I need a drink. He's very uh, open about Speaking his... Speaking of underbelly, I'm like, Christ, Fritz and I should be fucking have. Stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame if this passes for acting. Uh, as far as I know, none of the actors in tonight's film do have stars on the on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Riff should. Uh, Riff, Riff should, should at this point. He's been in 3,000 movies. I did want to make a point about that. The, the tall, the, the big guy, the big uh, ginger guy. Um, it did remind me of doing Underbelly because you're because I was like, oh, God, when I'm reading the script, I'm like, oh, God, i got to be like a crazy maniac guy. And you're like, and your direction was, no. No, don't be crazy like that because you're not an actor. And you, you got to be an actor to do crazy good. So just play it real low key and trust the writer. And then Fritz and I had a moment at one point who, where like... Who wrote that? These, uh, uh, these that, parts, Kate said, don't worry about it. I wrote these parts specifically for you and Mency. <laughs> Yeah. Like okay, these are two of the most depraved, fucking miserable pieces of shit to ever walk the earth. And Kate's like, no, I. This is, it's, I it's you guys can do this. You guys don't even have to act. You. Just, just don't act. Just, just be yourself. There's no camera on. You guys just, just have a yourselves. conversation. <laughs> uh, to go back to Fritz's point, uh, uh, I was basically telling him, we're not traumatized the script about it all these so, years later. The scriptwriter is so talented. Just, all, say the lines. Just trust, trust. When you see that name written by me, <laughs> you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't go over the top. Don't even raise your eyebrows. Just say, no. speak the lines. You just say what I write, and you're going to be just fine. And you'll fine. be... <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what you told me. To be young again. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Um, whew, uh, shall we all take a sip of our pints for Tanya? Our, yes. f- our first... Uh, oh, hey, we got another shot. Do we want to save that? Let's do it. What are we right, for Tanya. I was say, what are we saving it for in this movie? For Tanya. Chaka It'll be me. For Tanya and for five years of TNCC awesomeness. Let's, let, we'll do Tuts. Five years of awesomeness. Oh. All right, that'll help us. Uh, that, that, yeah, we go down. Yeah, we're, we're at uh, halftime here. Rest Actually, in we'll, peace, Tanya. Rest in peace, Tanya. Uh, oh. Oh, here you go. Uh, <laughs> and that's a good way. That's a good way to kick off the farewell tour. <laughs> that is a great way to kick off our farewell tour. Number um, one, she's our first casualty of the Basher, <laughs> which is a horrible, not catchy nickname for this guy. Like, first of all, I'm surprised that she's the first casualty because he beat the crap out of yeah, that. He's first going around one. just, just. Terrorizing chicks. And, well, uh, and that and that first one, the scene like goes away, cuts off to the city street, and you still hear the punches going on. Like it cuts down to the street, and you still hear. Yeah, he's still done. <laughs> but to be fair, her her fake titties were enormous. She had a lot of padding. 
That first chick. Like this and it was obvious because when they did the one Tony profile shot of him raining down blows, that dude's coming from South Georgia. <laughs> just boom, <laughs> boom. Yeah. yeah. I'm the doctor here. I'll decide if her titties provided enough padding. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, doctor. I mean, it's definitely a joke. Uh, we now get a lengthy montage set to a sorrowful saxophone tune. Montage. Of, of Jones walking Jones. the downtown streets in silence, heartbroken. Man, they show that movie marquee featuring the double feature of Hot Guns and <laughs> Deep Throat 2 like seven times already. Doctor, for our listeners out there, what is Hot Guns about? Uh, it's about uh, firearms that have discharged their ammunition and are therefore hot. No, the, the movie Hot Guns that was before Deep Throat 2. I'm not at liberty to say. Hmm. Could have swore I saw you walking out of the theater <laughs> during that. No, too. that was next door, Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah, when the doctor walked... How was that? When the doctor... Uh, it wasn't as good as the Godfather's parts, too. <laughs> when the doctor walks out of an adult bookstore, you hear the... You get the... I only walk out of adult bookstores to a Fritz beer theme. I, I was going to say, I want to write the theme music for that. I thought, I thought Tuttle was doing the Seinfeld music. Like, doctor walks out with his brown paper bag. Fritz is watching this movie. He's like, God, I thought he burned that creep walking jacket. What the fuck is he still wearing it for? You guys all lit up the Maduro? The brick house? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Boy, it's smooth. Very. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm not going to say enamored, but I, I'm always yeah. curious about the Brazilian rappers. Uh, there's a bit of a, 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 a sweetness is the wrong type of words, but it's, siding, it, it's, it's siding to the shade of sweetness. Uh, trying to find the right words. Well, you're finding the words. The smoke is traveling up the body of the cigar. Really sexy. Comes off the foot, goes up the body of the cigar. If you hold it at an angle and it meets the smoke coming out of the head. Um, really, really smooth draw. I'm getting some coffee on the on the pole. And I, I'm just getting a kind of a creaminess um, coming coming off it, too. You, get, you getting any kind of cream off it? Not yet, but I, I, just, I just lit up, so... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little coffee and a little cream, a little earthiness. Those are the three big things. I'm not getting a lot of spice on the nose at all, whatsoever. No, no none, there's none. no spice. There's no spice. Uh, I think this might end up being the opposite of the first cigar. Maybe it's all in the palate and not not too much showing up on the nose on this one. So far, I think you're right. Yeah. I do have one of the top. You said spice on the nose? No. No it's the spice. the opposite of the first cigar. We're not getting any spice on the nose. We're getting all the flavors strictly off the draw. We're, I... Um, I'm getting a creamy coffee and some earthiness, but uh, you guys slide out. I'll come back to it. Todd, if you figure out what that flavor you're sensing is, let me know. Um, we end that montage of him walking around sadly and join Jones and Billings in a bar as they're on their seventh round of shots, TNCC style. It wasn't supposed to go down like this. I wonder why we can't find any leads. Oh, my God. We would make great cops. I'm the one who was supposed to end up dead. I'm a cop. You don't kill the cop's family, you kill the cop. Jones bellows to his partner in a gravelly voice. Once again, a screenplay that was not written at the UCLA film school. She was the only blood relative I had. She was a rebel, and I always wanted to, I was always getting her out of shit. 
He tells a story about the first year on the force when he roughed up a fellow cop who arrested Tanya. Apparently, he was arresting her for hooking, and she kicked him in the nuts. I hated what she did, Max, but I loved who she was. It's called resisting arrest. And more than anything else... Assault peace officer. More than anything else, I just wanted to be proud of her. Yes, but I... Come on, I I question Jones because... What a sweet performance there. Joaquin Phoenix couldn't have done that better. Nobody could have done that. I mean, seriously, because it was terrible. I'll say I was about to say, it was the most horribly written thing I've ever heard. I'll say this. It, it begs the question, A, he's over there letting his sister be a hooker when he's a cop. Everybody apparently knows she's a hooker that he's and he's a cop. And literally five minutes ago, they were just letting the dude who was selling kitty porn. <laughs> they are terrible cops. My God, is this there? is a terrible screenplay. And I'm sorry, I hate to speak ill of the deceased, and he but... Looked- <laughs> this was one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to say this. We don't and I've seen myself. <laughs> I've seen myself on film. Uh, I'll say this. There don't is, give yourself enough credit. In this film. I a circle around this fool. In this film, in this genre. You, your character was, you literally played a character named Fools. In this time and place. Thank you. There is something here about Chapin's erratic, uneven performance that Fitting in this particular movie, I like. I missed that totally. No. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying put this guy in a real movie. No, I I'm get saying it. in Ooh. Shotgun, it works for me in a weird you're way. About tall, you're talking I'm about the tall ginger guy, right? Yeah. Okay, so so you're getting to the point where, he, to me, he starts to actually make a comeback in this film. Oh, God. I'm out. Fritz and I are in sync tonight. He's starting to make. So he's going to make a comeback here in a minute, I think. Because I thought he was terrible. I'm, I'm like, oh god. No, I'm like any the the actors from the last movie that we did, the the Predator knockoff, where they just screamed into the camera, did a lot better than look, this guy. If you put just a stale, non-interesting looking, just boring plank into this role, they did. You just described uh, Shotgun Joe. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> give, give me that. There's more going on here. <laughs> is it, you, to understand give, give me my medicine, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you guys are planks. <laughs> I think I'm with Todd on this he's, one. He's, a, he's, a, he's about to turn it around, I think. All right. Robo War had some performances. <laughs> well, ah! well, yeah! well don't, don't, hang on. Don't skip the well, scene. They're about to do that scene right there. They just needed to scream it. Yeah! Well, just as Jones says, bartender, another round. Two ski mask wearing goons storm in the bar with shotguns to rob the place. They blast the bartender in his chest when he goes for his pistol, and then they turn their attention to Billings and Jones. What's the matter with you two faggots? You want to end up like the bartender? They ask the two detectives. No, no, they're not going out like that. Both the detectives reach into their jackets in unison, pull out their guns, and empty both clips into the robbers. No, 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 wait, wait. To be fair, they do announce themselves as police a split second before they squeeze off the first of 32 bullets. See, that was the turning point for me. Like, I liked that scene a lot when they went, police. Police. Boom, boom. Yes, but (laughs) now. I'm like, that's great. Yeah, I got that. That had a little something to it. I like that. And that little look they gave each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. These Chapin two work is so good bad. together. He's so bad that I just couldn't get there to where I wanted Dude, to. Dude, when they say, like, I'm with Fritz, man, when they like, police. Police. <laughs> All right, I love, I bet, I'm like, hang on. And that, that's when I stay with the movie. I'm like, hang on, I'll watch this out. 
I'll finish this. I don't have to. That is Mel Gibson. <laughs> I'm a, that I'm is a, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover level shit they're doing right there. Uh, what, what? That's right, I said it. Well, later at police headquarters, HQ. Can I use that one? Yet? You can. Internal Affairs Officer Sims is giving the men an earful. He says that nobody at the bar heard them announce that they were police, but Jones is quick to reply. And here's where we really... Fritz, after that, this is where I really start to like Jones. Fuck you, Sims. The gunfire was so loud, most of those people probably didn't hear their own shit drop into their pants. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, His was- delivery is awful. Come on! He made a fair point. Yeah, stupidly rewind. No favors from the screenwriter. He made a fair point. But Sims continues to press them on not following procedures until Jones stands up and gets in his face. They killed the bartender and it looked like we were next. We were in a high-stress situation that probably would have given you the Hershey squirts. And again, he sounds a lot like a Hershey's Bill Hader on SNL. He really does. The, the Tony puppet. <laughs> Hershey Squir- I did what I had to do. Hershey, Hershey Squirts is funny, but the delivery from this actor is just awful. Have you guys ever seen the Bill Hader as the war vet on yeah. SNL with the, it was not, so the Tony long. puppet? I'll tell you a joke. It was a god. I was in a bar. <laughs> All right, um, but. My other thing is you didn't mention it because the, the Hershey Sims, squirts. The dude. Sims is giving him the thing. This is the thing that caught me up. Of course, you you unloaded thirty two rounds. I'm like they from what it looked like they were sh- they were shooting forty fives. Is like that I would have liked to have seen them like literally unload it. But if they had shot thirty two rounds a piece, they would have had to have reloaded and just kept firing. <coughs> I wanted to see that. Like they're dead. No, you <laughs> I, I figured it was six. I, I thought it was like 16 apiece. So yeah. I, I just, I I just was thought. Like, they yes, could, they're not shooting 9 millimeters. They could be more dead. I was beyond the point where I was going to apply any mathematical formula right. to it. <laughs> That's, uh, to me, I was like, okay, hang on. I'm, I'm going to stick with this. Well, Jones says, if the internal affairs limp dicks aren't going to charge us with something, we're going to get back to work. But it ain't that easy. Their lieutenant thinks that Jones is too close. So he takes the detectives off of Tanya's I murder case. I wonder why he thinks that. And Jones isn't happy about they taking... They killed your sister. I wonder why he thinks you're too close. I can do my job. Jones is not happy about it's that. It's my job. As if job. he's happy about anything. This is the most miserable fucking dude in the world. Uh, he finally convinces... convinces well, I mean, look at him. He's a horrible cop. His sister is a prostitute. I mean, come on. And they just let a, a dude go with kitty boy. Yeah, and he's a terrible actor. So he's unhappy. I mean, literally, the <laughs> internal affairs guy, any he, cop can come in. He's got a lot to be unhappy about. I need to make a big bucks. Well, you should go down to that bookstore over there. They got kitty porn. I, think, I, don't, I don't think anyone... You think, like, home. every Sunday he gets a phone call from mom in Florida? How are you and Tanya? I let a kitty porn guy go again, and Tanya sucked 20 dicks last night. <laughs> See you at Thanksgiving. All right, mom, I love you. I've got to go. I really I've got think the, he does I've got, have the, I've got the Hershey squirts. <laughs> oh, and I came down with a case of the Hershey squirts. <laughs> I doubt, Fritz, that anyone ever told him to trust the writer. <laughs> and Martha sends her best. <laughs> Tell her to fuck off. No, I think on this film they told him to trust the writer. Tanya's, Tanya's sleeping, sitting up on a pillow tonight. She had some pretty hard anal last night. Six guys went on town on her. So All right, we'll see you at Christmas. I love you, Mom. I wonder if he looked towards the director. <laughs> what's him, what's man, my motivation? Look, this script sucks. you got to go over the top. 
You gotta go. You gotta go wide-eyed over the top. Uh, every yeah. scene. Every scene. <laughs> well, look. Jones finally convinces their boss to let you him. Got nothing. St- do that stare. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, the script's terrible. He finally convinces the boss to let him stay on the case. Jones promises they'll do everything by the book. But they're both warned if they fuck this up, they'll be demoted to walking the beat in the shittiest part of town. Which, from what we've seen, every part of town's the shittiest part of town. <laughs> they weren't. I'm gonna fu- Wait, they hey, were just hanging out with kitty porn, dude? Yeah, that's, that's not a shitty part of town? I, no, they're them. showing Deep Throat 3 on the other <laughs> side of town, the new one. <laughs> he gives them the threat. <laughs> What's that? What's that I'm going to find the shittiest part of town, and I'm going to stick you there. I think they should have just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> oh, that's hey, where they're showing Hot Guns 4. That's where the, the doctor for the is. This is the Cigar Club doctor because he's beyond the green door. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send us there. This this this, this mm. movie does paint a very seedy portrait of Los Angeles. Have you guys ever been? Do you, do you have an opinion on Los Angeles? I've never been. I've just seen it from the movies. But wasn't that Los Angeles in the 80s? It's kind of like New York in the 80s. I mean, there was a time when New York was just like horrible. Yeah. Uh, I I've been twice to LA and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm a fan. I much prefer it over New York City. I hate New York well, City. Well, I mean, you really can't tell. I was like on the well, other once side with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the other side of the road from the theater with Deep Throat and Hot Guns. I mean, it could have been the entrance to Disneyland. For all <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> uh, no, Doctor and I went out there for a fil- uh, one of our films was playing a film festival out there uh, years and years ago. We had a really fun time. Um, went to Highwood Hills to a fancy. Yeah, we did. We didn't see the seamy side. Uh, we saw the no. The upper but then crust. I went. I went again. My legendary failed meeting with Matt McConaughey, which we'll save that for another show. Uh, I mostly ended up in a hotel room crying, not with Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but I, I, I dug L.A. I, I dug. Right, I dug the vibe right. of it. I dug. Now again, we weren't in the '80s, and it wasn't. But uh, I much preferred the the vibe and the the. This, the feeling of L.A. Yeah. as opposed to New York City. Weren't we, in, weren't we in the airport in L.A.? Yeah, it's where we saw Tommy Lee. Yeah, and, uh, I was about to say, that's, that's my one brush with L.A. You were in L.A. On we, to, we, did a, we did a layover in L.A. Yeah. And I'll be damned, we're sitting there walking through the airport, and this guy like runs right in between us, and Kate just kind of goes, it's Tommy Lee. And I, I, I didn't recognize the dude, and as soon as I, he said that, and I looked at him, I was like, holy shit, that's Tommy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he tripped over his own dick at one point. I thought that was my clue. Uh, I suffer from the same thing. It, it's a pain in the ass, but you get used to it. Tripped dick is a very serious medical condition, Mr. Kidd. I need to actually schedule an appointment with you about that. One can become very seriously injured. My acupuncture says there's nothing he can do anymore. And quite honestly... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your acupuncturist? Oh, God. You see someone else? My big mouth. How's the beer treating you guys? Everybody still liking the 40th Hoppy Anniversary beer? Hoppy Anniversary. I liked it. I switched off. I switched off, off. but I like that beer a lot. Yeah, I thought it was good. I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. It is good. Uh, We haven't done an IP on the show in a while, so I'm... uh, uh, Wait, what? We're missing it, man. The the, the shotgun cigar, it's going a lot better with this one. You think so? I think Ted will agree. What the, the pairing between the, the brick house? Oh, this, this cigar is. Uh, I think the draw I, this guy. I, I touch, uh, Fritz, oh, look at the ash Fritz has going on that baby. Yeah, Fritz cranking Fritz, on. This um, is a, you're liking the draw. What about I the love flavors? The, draw, uh, eh, the flavors great. Are you getting any of that coffee and the cream that I'm getting? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not qualified. I I have the problem too because uh, fair enough, fair enough. The the 
Cade, Yaks, and Todd are are much more advanced cigar smokers than myself. There's so a I, website that said I had one of the top ten oh God, pallets that, in the known that universe. That website doesn't I exist. It never has. Flavors that they pick up sometimes. No, yeah. it did. But, uh, we have a link to it. It's. Kate forced me to put it up there. It's a little lighter than the, the shotguns. Oh, it's, it's much lighter. It's much lighter. It's a lot lighter. The other, and that other one I had, a, uh, I ended up having to light that, relight that several times. Yeah. Um, yeah. It took a little bit of maintenance. Yeah. Construction-wise, um, it's great. This is great that you're all. Uh, yeah. So I am getting the cream that you spoke of. Uh, I am still hanging on to just a touch of a sweetness. I'm not, man, I lost the sweetness. For me, it's just the coffee and the cream now with a little bit of earthiness. Here's the thing. Nothing I, on I, the nose. Nothing th- on the there's nose. There's nothing on the nose. Uh, here's the thing. I never get cream, so and I still don't get cream, but I've got a flavor that I can't identify, so I'm going to identify that as the cream that I'm missing. Hey, do you put cream oh. in your coffee? Never. Ever. Have ever. you ever? Oh, yeah. See, I might go. not know what cream go. tastes like. You might not know what go. coffee with cream it. tastes like. Yeah, because it's I, heavenly. I, I it's, it's the way you're supposed to drink coffee. That's, That's the way my, my wife drinks I am it. getting the cream you spoke of. <laughs> then Tut, I never get the cream. Uh, you, you oh, should wait, really. I go down. Tut is you curious really, about Brazilian wrappers. You should really try it. It's <laughs> it's a really wonderful way to drink coffee. I don't use wrappers. Tut's a real man. He puts whiskey in his coffee. Yeah. Irish style. Real quick, folks, we have breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boy has just informed me that the actor playing Ian Jones, Jones, yes. Shotgun Jones, you've actually seen him before. Yes, I am a lover of just horrible <laughs> fantasy movies. Uh, there was you a, are the equivalent to where the Doctor and I are horrible horror movies. You oh, watch yeah. all the bad fantasy movies. If if it's sword and sorcery, I don't care what if year it was made. If a guy has a sword, made, you've seen it. I I, yes, actually, it, I actually leaned on the axe, hmm. and I'm like, all right, give me some sword Where stuff. Where has Shotgun Jones appeared in another He film? was, uh, like, Castle Guard number two in uh, Wizards of the Demon Sword, which also had a very wonderful <laughs> Michael Berryman from Hills of Eyes. Hills of Eyes, yeah. As well as uh, Weird Science. Yeah. Did I just catch Cade saying, if a guy has a sword, you've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. I'd take, take, take umbrage with that if I were you, Yax. Well, you were looking at that kitty porn. You forget I'm looking at your sword, and I'll forget all about the kitty porn. But you throw out that kitty porn, or I'll be back, maybe. Five maybe. minutes later, Jones is out back digging the kitty porn out of the trash. Where did it go? That night, Jones and Billings returned to the lame-ass dance club where Tanya was last seen with Rocker. It even has the exact same lame-ass music, the same lame-ass dancers, because I noticed one of them had the same sweater on. They filmed all that shit. It was the, the same s- night. No, they filmed it all in the yes, same night. Yes, but they changed his coat. He is now wearing, no. like, the coat from from literally, like, Tom Cruise in <laughs> Interview from the Vampire. No, but listen... Uh, Everyone on that dance so floor was the same people dancing the night. They, they clearly had access to this club mm. for one night, and they filmed all this shit in one night. The same dweeb in a check a checkerboard sweater was dancing to that A's music. I'm like, oh, they just fucking... Uh. Do you think maybe the name of the club might be Purgatory? These people just dance, dance. to the same stupid music for the rest of their lives, well, and they never get is, to escape? This movie is pretty much like Purgatory. You can never leave, Tut. You just keep dancing. <laughs> keep dancing. What's uh, his name? Paul Warfield or Paul Paul Winfield? Paul Whitfield in yeah. the Terminator. It's a club. It's called Purgatory. I know it. I know it. Eh? 
It's nothing but a bunch of boners and drugs. Yeah, I, I know it. I know it. I, I've been there. As the men are questioning the bartender, Jones tells the bartender, the guy we're looking for looks just like me, same color, same height. What, a six foot seven red mulleted Frankenstein? <laughs> oh, yeah, I he remember. He said that to everybody. He said to the clerk in the hotel, too. He looks just like me. Same coloring. Really? Nine feet tall? <laughs> just a total abomination? <laughs> like Terrible delivery of his lines? If you were the basher, <laughs> if, if if Jones was I've the basher, him. yeah, I can, yeah, I can I know. describe I know. this guy. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get a good look at his face, but he's nine foot tall. <laughs> Do you ever give you a? Do you ever give me one of those one far away? Uh, I realize, yard I realize that doesn't transfer well on podcast format. This <laughs> Kate is staring right now. I say it over and over again. YouTube is where you need to check You're us out. You're getting the Willis from striking distance mm. look. <laughs> and by the way, a lot Do of people Willis are checking saw us shotgun out. Was like, I can pull some from that. Tanya. I can. Used to call it Tony. <laughs> Uh, they, said, they suddenly see Mr. Uh, Rocker enter the club. What? So not only does he use the same hotel room every time, but now he's returned to the same place he picked the last victim up from, where her brother flashed his police badge in his face worst and gave him the look. They always, yes, they yes, al- doctor, worst criminal ever. No, they always return to the scene. Uh, what do I know about bashing hookers, doctor? No, I meant. Do you need another drink? Not that you. Uh, yeah, sure. Not that you've bashed dog. No, well, bashed I, I'm not a basher. No, let's, <laughs> let's have another beer. Yeah. Uh, He's a lover, not a basher. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm enjoying those. Okay, get you one here in a sec. Yeah. Uh, Billings flashes his badge at Rocker. Promises the, to not fill my hand, Mr. Cage. And the big guy immediately punches Billings in the gut. So he punches Billings in the gut. Runs, and then some poor bastard gets in his way and he tosses him off the balcony. Swamp toss. He does do a swamp toss right off the Shotgun balcony. Shotgun toss. And the guy does a classic uh, rubber war. <laughs> Shotgun toss. Shotgun. 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 But then he runs straight to the barrel of Jones's gun. You have the right to remain silent, and sweet Jesus, you better use it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, I'm he's not, warming up to Jones. Me and Fritz are right. I'm not on board with Jones, but this is the this is one of the line one of the few lines that made me actually look back at the screen, and it was like, all right, you got something there, kid. Yeah, but, but in the next scene, they're, they're nothing. It's terrible. He just tells him well, you better use it. Come on, man. He's got he's got that gun. He's got the the, the double fist clutch. It's like you have the right to remain silent. And sweet Jesus, you better use it. Jesus, yes, but in the next scene, he's got him in the interrogation room. Start talking. Oh, that was that was one that of my worked. that was my favorite lines. I'm not, grabs guy. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We cut to police headquarters, HQ, HQ, where Rocker is appearing in a lineup with three other white dudes wearing sport coats. Basher victims Rhonda and Sherry tell the detectives that Rocker is the one who picked them up, but not the one who bashed them. They take Rocker aside for questioning in the interrogation room. At the very least, they feel like they've got enough to nail him for accessory to murder, but he ain't cooperating. Talk to me, you son of a bitch. Jones snaps at Rocker as he grabs and twists his necktie. Billings gets Jones to calm down just as Rocker's lawyer, Mr. Fletcher Rivington. All right, come on, dude. That was terrible delivery. I said, he grabbed, Talk to me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's bad. It's, it's bad. It's bad. All right. All right, 
I'll give you one point to you guys. Uh, Mr. Fletcher Rivington walks in the room with the release papers for his client. The lieutenant orders his men to let Rocker go when Rivington starts threatening the entire department with a lawsuit. Once they're gone, a very lethal weapon-esque saxophone starts to play. No, this is the sad one. The And Billings invites Jones over to his house for dinner. They're leaning literally on their desk back to back. Like if Yak Boy and yeah. I like pressed our backs together, they're on their desk pressing yeah. their backs together. He invites them over to dinner at his house so they can have one too many beers and try to figure out why the whole damn system is falling apart. You don't have that many beers, Jones says. Okay, then you bring the beers. You're on, partner. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was wondering what he said there. I, I couldn't make that out. Later that evening at the Billings household, his lovely wife Janice is so happy to see Jones that she shit cans the meatloaf she had planned for dinner and tosses some steaks at her husband to grow up for them and their guest. She's really got a soft spot for old Jonesy. She likes Jonesy. I'll follow up on your joke there. Mrs. Murtaugh, you mean? It is Mrs. Murtaugh, who loved Riggs. Uh, after dinner, actually, uh, Murtaugh's daughter loved Riggs, too. Mel Gibson was boning Murtaugh's whole family, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Boomerangs. <laughs> Bloomin' Onion. Crocodile. Foster's Beer. Too old for this shit. <laughs> After dinner, these dudes really live up to their word. Unlike most movies we watch where they're like, let's get drunk tonight, these guys actually live oh. up to it. We join them on their couch, and in front of them is a sea of beers. It looks like when we hang out. Yeah. There's like a case of empty bottles, yeah, and there's like giggling, a whiskey bottle. And giddy and... They actually said we're going to get drunk, and they actually get drunk. I appreciate that. They're giggling like a bunch of schoolgirls. Okay, we do that a bit, but we don't do this. They're literally sitting on each other's laps on the couch. Like, it's a big couch, and they're, like, really close to each other, and they're just giggling Giggling and giggling away. It's horrible. Come on. I'm sorry. But did y'all not find these two acting talents aside kind of endearing in their relationship and in their own special way? Hold on. Quote fingers. Special way? They really seem to have a chemistry together, no? I'm sorry. I thought Fritz hmm. Beer and John Mency had chemistry together in a Matt Cade film once upon a time. And these dudes... Hey, just, go to the uh, Tuesday Night Score Club YouTube channel, watch Underbelly, and you can see these two gentlemen act their asses off because they did the right thing and they trusted their writer. They kind of went off book a little bit and decided to go their own way, and I think that's what made it. But anyway, that was chemistry. Well, they, that was chemistry. Well, these guys are stupid drunk, and when Jones slurs something about going to pay Mr. Rivington a visit at his office, Billings gets him to forget that crazy notion, you need another beer. All right. That solves all problems. Beer solves everything. Does it not, Doctor? That is correct. It does. What does Homer Simpson say about beer solving problems? Uh, Well, and... Uh, you actually bought me a hat with us on it once, and I, I uh, did I? Ha- yeah, you bought me a hat with us, uh, a ball cap with this saying on it, and it actually is a true medical axiom and uh, a line that everyone can believe in. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I'm in. That's wise words. To alcohol. To alcohol. <laughs> To alcohol. The cause of and solution to <laughs> all of life's oh problems. <laughs> I love alcohol. How about you guys? That's all right. <laughs> I would give you two thumbs up if my hands were full oh, of alcohol. 
Uh, I learned a lot. Turn that into your professor. But get this. In the light of day the next morning, Jones does exactly that. He goes to Rivington's office. That's not TNCC style. I don't remember any of the drunken, brilliant ideas I have the night before. He actually get well, one, he gets up. Like, <laughs> before, noon. before noon, which we never do. Then he's like, oh, I had a good idea last night. And he executes it. it. Yeah. That's not us. No, usually we have to get drunk three months later and then oh kind God. of remember a little bit of it. If I had a nickel for every time after a podcast, you guys are like, hey, remember that thing you were talking about after the show ended when we stayed up till five in the morning and you would... Oh, yeah, I remember. Did you ever do that? <laughs> That was such a good idea. What'd you do about that? Yeah. What idea? What the hell are you talking about? We had I'm an entire should... conversation for two hours. Shut up. Hey, we're not Shotgun Jones. Maybe I should listen shotgun to Shotgun Jones. Shut shotgun. <laughs> uh, Jones slams Rivington up against the wall of his office and warns him that if Rocker fucks up again, he won't get a second chance. And when the lawyer demands that Jones stop threatening him, the detective says... Kiss my ass and knees him right in the balls. He does indeed. That's not going to settle well with internal affairs, is it, Tut? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it sad that I equate internal affairs in our world with Tut? Like, if we do something wrong, I'm like, he's going to find out. <laughs> like, if I do something bad, I'm like, this is going to get back to Tut somehow. <laughs> He's kind of our internal affairs guy. Yeah. You're the Sims of our... Uh... Well, the problem is is I log everything, but I don't really do anything about it. I'm just mm. like, oh, okay. No, I never fear... But like, it is on file, though. I, there's n- it is on file. But it, it is on file. <laughs> there's, 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 I mean, you know, there will be a conversation <laughs> in two years where I bring it up. He puts it in the archives. <laughs> have you finished building those archives yet? I have. Where are they? Um... They're in archives. They're in ar- the, the archives are in archives. They're, not, they're, oh, they're, they're there. Not, they're not on he, premise. He, he doesn't have to build archives. <laughs> <That's right>. See, <laughs> See he he's got it all down. Man knows. When it comes to your transgressions, I have it all up here. Still, as Rivington crumples down to the floor in pain, wasn't it nice to see him get a taste of his own medicine for once? He's always beating up these chicks. He's got his nuts need. He probably kind of yeah. liked it. You didn't grab that whip and start shooting just, with it. Like peels on his Kick mask, like, oh yeah. Kick me again, Sergeant James. <laughs> Kick well, me again, Crocky. Kick me again, Sergeant James. Well, it's not like he really needed his balls anyways. All he does is beat up women. Yeah, it's he true. Never he never, he never actually had sex with them. Do you think maybe that's where Mr. Rocker comes in afterwards? Possibly. No, that would be funny if after Jones kicks Rivington the balls. Rocker walks in once again with the condom and the wrapper. Again, you don't need this. <laughs> Throws it down on him. Look at my face. It's so confusing. Uh, Rocker kind of remind me of former uh, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Steve Largent. I was going to go with their ex-coach Jim Zorn. Let's just stick with Larry Wilcox. <laughs> Larry Wilcox. He, he was Chips. He was, he was, he was Officer, Officer John. Let's go into my report. Not surprisingly, this is going are you putting these reports in the archives? Yes. Jim yes, he Zorn. does. How do you spell Zorn? Zorn. Not, su- <clears throat> not surprisingly, Zorny. we cut now to the lieutenant's office where he's tearing the boys a new asshole. You see, Rivington went straight to the mayor, who went straight to the commissioner, who went straight to the police captain, who then, this is turned into a Dr. Seuss thing, who then threatened the lieutenant's personal pension over Jones's antics. The newspapers, for Christ's sake, are already busy writing up articles about police brutality and psycho cops. 
don't even get me started on the Hollywood Reporter and what they think of this movie. And did no, I just did found out you let a guy with kitty porn not <laughs> go? Wait, your sister's a prostitute. He's, he's still serving a purpose. We'll, go, dis- to, we'll go to Dooley. Despite the kitty porn, despite the kicking the guy in the nuts, despite everything, it's their boss... Is has a soft spot for these two loose cannons, and he lets them go back to work. After all, he says, we are short-staffed. <laughs> and if I wasn't short-staffed, you know I would shit-can your ass. You know who's not short-staffed? Tommy Lee. <laughs> That's why I remain employed. No, it's always, it's always, you're a good cop. And it's always, uh, if it weren't for your record. If it weren't, you've got a spotless record the last <laughs> year. And you're a good cop. This guy has if a we had, If we had any other option but you, I would do it. No, this hits all. This hits all the bad cliches. Look, but it's just, well, it's just badly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's re- it's I'm gonna reinforce that with my next. Look, they all know the system's corrupt. Nothing but bureaucratic bullshit on every level. But they're gonna have to play within that shitty system, as it's all they've got, whether they like it or not. You know what I like, Tut? What do you like? That's right. Unique premium cigars, and there's oh, no yeah. cigar more unique than the Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate. This unique Sadogie is a long filler, premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica, Drew Estate, in Esteli, Nicaragua. We'll be there next week. Yeah, yes. tell me how Basking it is. Basking in the Nicaraguan sun. Wow. Yeah, tell me how it is, fuckers. Deep We're throat. this year's winners. <laughs> Last, yeah, this year's losers. Yeah, this year's, lo- me. Wait this a year's losers. How come you're not Kate. going? How come you're not going? Kate, you got a yeah, pop quiz or something? I got yeah. school. <laughs> Uh, Fuck you, Fritz. He made the bad. <laughs> you hear him? No, it is. Like, well, how come you're not going to it? You got a pop quiz or something? <laughs> <laughs> you got a spelling test? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, in, uh, he's in detention. Deep barrel fermentation <laughs> is the key they process. Caught, they, caught, they caught Tut smoking behind the, <laughs> behind the field house. He's smoking some Pappy Van Winkle's He's smoking Pappy Van Winkle Family Barrel Reserve back behind the schoolhouse. Uh, it's a... The deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes its expression vastly different from anything else on the market. I dare you to find something similar. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added, while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked much like the doctor's leather vest. The total process fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at every brick-and-mortar true diplomat retailer everywhere. Go give them a try. If you do not believe us, I know you've heard this spiel a few times now on the show. Yeah, we say it a lot. If you do not believe us and you're in the Gulf Coast region, or hell, if you just want to get away, go take a trip. Down to Louisiana, go see this process for yourself. Hit the Louisiana barn smoker from Drew Estate, and you will see them crank those railroad jacks, press this juicy tobacco down, and you will get a sense of exactly what honesty we are dealing you right now. And you will get to bask in the glory of the thing that should not be. Mark Ryan, the (laughs) owner, the owner. Uh, the tobacco facility in Louisiana. He is one of a kind. 
and I am a better man for having met him. Absolutely. If if nothing else, just go hang out with Mark Ryan. This dude is a treasure to talk with. He's got great stories. He's a great personality. Always has time to answer questions. Always has time to tell you a story. And only and you ju- will love it. And only the president of Drew State, Jonathan Drew, could look a man in the eye and say, <laughs> "You are the thing that should not be," and it's a compliment. <laughs> I still had a premonition there. That's a Metallica song. (laughs) It's a Metallica, an early Metallica song. An early Metallica song. song, But when he called Mark Ryan the thing that should not be, I laughed so hard, and I was the only one among 700 people (laughs) under that tent laughing. But it fit. And Mark took it as the compliment that he should have. He should have. And it was a, it was a, it was a magical moment. I still have a premonition of something Yax just said. After we don't see or hear from you guys for three weeks, and, and... Tut and Fritz and I call the... You think we're getting lured into some kind of hunting game? We call the American Embassy in Nicaragua, and, and I do my Maria Conchita Alonso voice. Cade, yak boy, this year's winners. <laughs> and they send the pictures of you two, and they're like, no, this year's losers. They show the two of you getting burned at the stake. This cigar safari, the hunt is on. I, 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 will, say, running our asses I will, I will say this. Uh, I, I mean, Ice T's running behind you. <laughs> first of all, first of all, look at you guys. If you look at our early clips from like when we first started, this is five years from when we first started. Uh-huh. You guys have done an amazing job of getting into shape and just you know kicking ass in the gym. But even after all this fucking work in the gym, if they're hiring you guys for the hunting game, eh, yeah, we're still kind of beefy. I mean, just well, no, your TNCC guys. Just all right. Where's the beer? Yeah, that's where they're well, going to be. We would be the easy targets before they like like some of the other skinny podcasters will. will I'm be, still I'm still the prize seeing, targets. I'm still seeing Yaks tying on his sneakers and the well, old joke. I mean, Kate's like, where are we going? Action. All I got to do is they're outrun gonna, you. See, the problem is, is they're going to be out there driving their little ATVs out in the jungle where they should have looked right behind them because we would have circled right back around to the bar. Sorry, <laughs> Those guys, they're looking for guys in camo. I'm over here with pina well coladas. You're going to be out there with the pina coladas, and all of a sudden you're going to see touch. Well <laughs> I thought you were in school. We'll carry on the podcast. <laughs> do you think they're in the tobacco fields? Do you think they're down the coastline? Uh, they're right there drinking rum at the bar. <laughs> all right, guys, you you have to leave. Like like on your market set, yeah. go. I'm not going anywhere. Hmm. <laughs> you just shoot me here. I don't. No, like when is there is there a little... bar in the forest? Because <laughs> I'll run to that. But... <laughs> the good rum's out in the forest. Right? Oh shit! Let's, 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 <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Let's do this. That's when Tut and Fritz and I show up in our sleeveless vests with a shark tooth necklace, looking for Matthew Cade. We have no we have no Senor Cade. <laughs> He's a big beefy guy, about my height. <laughs> Oh. Same color. <laughs> Look, same, col- same coloring, yeah. They said same that coloring. too. At one point, he's like, about my height, same coloring. Same coloring. <laughs> same white guy. Unless there's a little predator voice, there's rum over here. I am. It's over there. It's rum. I've it's chosen to forgo the vaccination route. I will just drink rum constantly while I'm there, and that will protect me from anything that happens. Sounds right. Take that, typhoid. This will be my last episode of the Two Cents Square Podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, boy, uh, real quick, uh, about halfway through the, the Brick House, uh, just a smooth Maduro cigar. Uh, I'm liking it. I, I You know, um, not at all full strength, full body. Uh, I find, I'm finding it, you know, mild to medium on strength. 
medium body with just some really nice coffee cream, a little bit of Nicaraguan earth, zero fucking retrohale, which is rare these days. I'm not getting anything on the nose. But I'm really enjoying it. The construction's been great. Tut? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely agreeing with you. There's not a lot there on the retro. Uh, the palate has definitely got some flavors. Uh, I'm going to guess that's cream. I don't... I, I've come to the realization that I just don't know what cream tastes you, like. You so maybe I've been a coffee with cream at some. Maybe point I've been tasting cream this entire time, but I've never your, had you gotta cream. You got to expand your horizons so here, buddy. Like, yeah, whatever. It's very. Light. It's like getting popcorn at the movie theater mm. without putting butter on it. I get that. Put all the, the butter time. on it. It makes it better. Coffee makes cream makes coffee better. Put no, it's not really it's butter. It's coffee is not meant well, for cream. It's, it's artificial crap, but it makes it better. <laughs> Doctor, you enjoying it? I am, and I think that uh, this actually seems to pair with the beer a lot better. You're liking the pairing better? Yes. Okay. I want to disagree with the doctor on this one. Uh, I'm sorry. How did... Fritz, I got doctor? a question for you. Are you enjoying the cigar one? Yep. <clears throat> I like the cigar. Um, How did Rolling Rock... I've never drank a Rolling Rock with a cigar. How does Rolling Rock... Because Rolling Rock is a very unique profile. Yeah, I mean, I was looking. Uh, Rolling Rock to me always had uh, always had like a, a a peppery flavor to it. When you drank Rolling Rock, I always got pepper out of it. I don't know if you, uh, if I do anymore uh, because it's it's uh, it's not made by the same guys anymore. Right. It's not made in the same place anymore. Right. Like, okay. Because yeah, I haven't I mean, had it actually since college when it was probably the original. Yeah. Original brew. Anymore? It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's picked up by I don't know who who's picked it up, but. Um, it used to it used to have a unique profile and 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 I always got pepper out of drinking a, a Rolling Rock, which I thought was cool and so that's why I picked that up tonight because I hadn't seen it in a while and then I saw it in this in this place near my house, so I brought that up to see if it would uh, uh, do something. But it's changed. Nah, I didn't I didn't get much out of it, so I moved back to the forty. Um, and that's a shame which, because I think that if had it been that original mm-hmm. profile of the Rolling Rock with a little bit of pepper on it, I think that would have actually been playing. They really always tell you, I, they always tell you when thought, they sell yeah. out, it won't change. Our our methods won't change. Our 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 recipes won't change. They always change. Yeah, uh, well, they're not supposed to. Like I, I talked to a brewmaster, and they said if you if they buy a a beer like this and produce it, uh, then it's supposed to stay the same. But if they move it to a different facility and it's not right. made in the same place anymore, you got different water <clears throat> going into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, that look, could be a whole. That could be a, a big <clears throat> something, no. something as simple as that could make a big difference. No, that's one of the things that uh, uh, two two deals, and I'm not going to trash on them, but two different two different breweries that I've visited, two different craft breweries. One we visited in Louisiana, and it was like every beer that we had there. To me, I would classify a skunk beer. I did not enjoy a single beer on their entire wall, which is rare for me. Usually, I can find something that I will, I will gravitate towards. And I looked at Cody, and I was just like, dude, what is going on? Every single beer that I've had here has just been horrible. And he was like, it's the water. He was like, that's the biggest ingredient was that I goes there? into Yeah, it Ooh. was Louisiana. It was a. Uh, uh, Gnarly Barley. Gnarly Barley. I'm sorry. I didn't want to mention them by name. I'll name but it. Yeah, I'll call them. We tried every beer on that tap wall, and there was many. Yeah. And they were eclectic, like the milkshake IPA, the grapefruit lager. Like everything was very uh, 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 distinct in how different and everything. 
but we didn't like any of it. They didn't. Well, but it sounded terrible. It but wasn't a milkshake IPA. And it a wasn't. Oh no, it's supposed to taste like a stra- strawberry milkshake. Yeah, but it wasn't distinct because that they all had terrible. that same but skunk I, but profile, I missed, and Cody I missed, nailed it. I missed, it was like it was the oh, it was, was the I, water. Was I drunk? Probably. Passed, was I passed out when Cody said the <laughs> yes. the water thing? Yes. He was like, yeah. It was like you're you're right here on the swamp. You're right here on the bayou. It's got to be the water. It's the main ingredient going into it. There's another brewery that I won't mention uh, because it's kind of close to us. And I was just kind of like, man, there is something going on with their beers because they have, like, other beers there. And I was like, I'll enjoy the other beer makers' beers, but I do not enjoy this brewery's beers. But then I overheard a waitress. There was a biker there, like a bicyclist, not a biker, but a bicyclist. Unicyclist? And she was like a... And she was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll, I will have a water." And she was like, "Yeah, you need to have the bottled water, uh, the bottled water, because our our water system here it is sucks. horrible." <laughs> and I, it made me think about that, and I'm like, "Well, dude, if if that water is going into their beer, that's probably what I'm tasting." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I used to be a, a bush aficionado. I lived. In Whoa! I oh, mean, bush beer. Bush beer. Okay, okay. Yeah, bush beer. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You walked right into that <laughs> yeah, one, I dude. <laughs> um, but St. Louis, Missouri, bush beer, is the, bush beer is the, the official beer of the St. Louis Blues, all right? So bush beer was always my beer. Uh, when I moved to Texas, when I first was in Texas in, like, 1996, I'm like, hey, they got bush down here. And I got bush, and I'm like, that uh, really tastes the what's, same. What's, What's wrong with this? Yeah. My friend's like, well, they make this one. And this is not made in downtown. Yeah, you're Louis. tasting this Fort was, Worth this Bush. Was made in, uh, yeah, or, or Houston. This is Houston Bush. You don't want Fort Worth Bush. <laughs> Call that a Houston shampoo. Said every Fort Worth guy ever. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, I'm like, man, I, because I, 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 I was just in St. Louis and I was just had a bush like a night ago. <laughs> And I got down here, and I'm having a Houston Bush. If you don't mind me, if you don't mind me carrying all this, no please, no please, <laughs> and it just doesn't taste the same. It's a Bush Temple. It was terrible. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that I've had Los Angeles Bush. I've had Ecuadorian Bush, and got up on stage, played a whole show, had a Temple Bush, and by God, Cody? no, it's just not the same. Well, Cody and I will report back on the Nicaraguan Bush. <laughs> As you should. As you should. Please do. Well, we are beer experts. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you don't think about those things. The water. But go to different places, drink the tap water. It's all different. Yeah. Some people are lucky as hell. They drink out of their tap water, no filter, and it's the best stuff, best taste stuff in the world. Other places, I mean, it's... I think the gist of it is the bush is different depending on your geography. Yes, totally different. Yeah. And don't drink, don't the fre- lay of the land. Perhaps don't frequent any craft breweries in the Flint, Michigan area. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be a safe bet. There's says, some says there's, the guy who's about to fly to Central There's America. some freaking. There's some listener up in Flint. I'm sorry, dude, but he's going. You that smart. It's like you <laughs> damn fuckers. We got great bush up here. Great bush up Tasted here. the bush in Nicaragua. Are you kidding? You never go that spot. We're gonna get so many emails. You know what? Fritz is you so off on this bush. Smart. I got. I got. I a big, know why you guys keep bringing him in. I got a big bone to pick with Fritz on this bush thing. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to be banned from the show. Oh. Fort Worth bush is just fine. Mm, I don't know about all that. It's no flower <clears> on bush. 
Hey, Flower Mound Bush is classy. That's premium bush. <laughs> Actually, it is. It's not like Louisville Bush. No. Yeah, Louisville Bush is B-grade bush at best. <laughs> That's why I moved to Flower Mound. Uh, the next morning, <laughs> Billings and Jones are involved in a drug bust, which involves Jones underneath a tarp where clearly he's 10 feet tall and peeking out of this thing. Anybody could see him, but these drug dealers are just doing a deal right next to him. They they don't know. Let's do a drug deal. What about that Sasquatch laying under the tarp? I don't worry about it. And when, some homeless guys. And when one of the perps... Yeah, it's perps? Yeah, that's correct. Did I use that right? You did. Fuck yeah. One of the perps says, aren't you the cop whose sister was a hooker? Jones pistol whips him and tells him to open his mouth so he can blow his scum-sucking brains out. Billings finally talks him down, but when they drag the criminals into HQ for booking, slimy internal affairs agent Sims is waiting with a grin on his face. Uh Uh-oh. That perp that Jones threatened was actually an undercover internal affairs agent. It was a setup all along to get Jones. Jones flips the fuck out, throws Sims across the room in a weak ass toss. It's not a swamp it's not toss. A swamp toss. It's a swamp fling. Yeah. He kind of like slams Shotgun against the desk. Fling. It's Shotgun. not even a swamp anything. And then, but he makes up for it. He grabs a cop who's standing there. He grabs his baton and just starts beating the shit and out of Sims with next, it. By the way, he this, just took the baton from him. Does nothing. No, he just stands there. That, that's well, called an trap. He'd been up all night. It enjoying, is a trap. He'd been up all night enjoying L.A. County Bush. So. The internal affairs <laughs> agent said, isn't your sister the one who was a whore? That is entrapment, Tut. That's a good point. The cops said, it wasn't your sister a whore? That's entrapment. Yeah. They knew that that would spark a fire inside Shotgun Jones. Well, not only that, they staged the whole drug deal just to get Shotgun Jones to do that. That's That's entrapment. I agree. That's why, I ignored, that's why they ignored Shaquille O'Neal under the tarp. <laughs> That's exactly why they ignored it. They knew they knew it was Shaquille O'Neal under remember, the tarp. Remember in uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 when Michael Myers, who was like nine feet tall and had the big Michael Myers long-haired wig, was just roaming around neighborhoods like digging through garbage and like they thought he was just a weird... He's just a homeless guy. Sasquatch homeless guy. That's, that's, that's our hero here. Uh, cue the Lethal Weapon sad saxophone music. And the close-up of Jones' badge and gun going on the lieutenant's desk. Sad face, Jones. He's but, lucky to only get a six-week suspension from the force. Huh? He's told that Sims, the internal affairs guy, is going to be in the hospital for at least another week. But you get six weeks okay. He should be going to prison for six months. Yes. He just beat the crap out of another cop. By the way, sidebar, uh, because this lieutenant is such a missed opportunity being a fan of cop dramas in the 80s i i equate the quintessential best ever police sergeant best ever guy who's in charge of the Riggs and murtaugh has got to be the guy from the last action hero he's my favorite cop sergeant. oh the black guy my favorite yeah. cop sergeant of all He's time. S- steaming my potatoes. I'm just like that's this, the way every police option needs uh, to the be. The actor's name is Frank McCray. He played the sergeant in uh, the original Forty Eight Hours. And he needs to be every police sergeant also, ever. Yes. He's dead. Well, that was the uh, history teacher at the beginning of uh, beginning of uh, Red Dawn. Yes, 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 yes he was. Yes, Don't he was. you guys think that Good this job. lieutenant Good looked job. a lot like Senator Lindsey Graham? Keep me here for a reason. <laughs> 
Which is why he's very passive. Which is why he's a big pussy. That's why he's a big pussy. Uh, Well, get this. He tells, uh, Jones tells the sympathetic boss he's going to do some bounty hunting during his suspension to pay the bills. Just call me Josh from now on, he says. Which makes no sense because no one ever calls him Josh. That never comes into play again. I don't know what that meant. Josh. Shotgun Josh. Shotgun Josh. Josh. Script writing is terrible. Uh, And just like that, he walks into a bail bonds office, and without showing the lady, Barbara, who runs it, any idea or any references, I want to do some bounty hunting. She gives him a file. Go get this guy. No, no, no. He quantified it. He was like, I was a cop. Nobody just says that. Okay. No, No background check. No nothing. Oh, and he does unsuccessfully hit on Barbara. Does that come with dinner with you? And she's like, you might want to try for lunch. And he kind of so he doesn't score with her, but she kind of seems interested. She's into 10-foot-tall, red-haired freaks. Remember, Fritz, <laughs> one must trust the writer at all times. Yeah, trust the writer, yeah. Can 7-foot-tall weirdos just walk around L.A. carrying sawed-off shotguns? Apparently, Apparently they can. Apparently, yes. Uh, Jones catches I mean, the f- dog. The bounty hunter has to carry pepper gas because well, he can't do that's, it. That's that's gun. twenty years later. Well, this is where this guy, to me, is, like he's. This is where he does his best acting. Like he's now he's into it now. So as the bounty hunter, as the cop, his as the buddy cop, his restraints are off. Yeah, as the buddy cop, he's terrible. Now he's his own man. As the bounty hunter, I'm like, all right, okay. I'm not. I'm not totally in your court, <laughs> but I'm. Kind of he getting better, there. I'm kind of getting there, and I'll tell you why. He a loosens bit. up. Okay, I'll tell you why in a little bit. Here he still go. sucks shit through a straw. <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Jones catches the first guy he's looking for within minutes. Who's ironically banging abroad in that same motel room? <laughs> yeah, that they did all the hey, crimes. He's a, he's a police yeah. guy. He knows. The, he knows the scene. Once again, location. Location. Yeah. Every <laughs> scene. Every <laughs> motel scene in this movie is. Can in we that get the Motel Six across the street? No, no. we got this place. Booked we have that day. same room. We got it for three really? days. Are people gonna know that. Come on, they're watching. Same painting on the wall. Yeah, same neon sign out the window. It's the same damn room. And just like that, he's back at the bail bonds, placing, uh, asking Barbara for his next assignment. Shotgun well, Jones, the bounty hunter. Bounty hunter Jones. Well, across town at the Billings household, Max and his wife are celebrating him being promoted to sergeant. He got a promotion. Hell yeah, he did. He's super well, bummed, though. they were short-staffed. They were short-staffed. <laughs> He's super bummed, though, that Ian isn't there celebrating with them, but nobody can get a hold of Jones these days. He's changed, Billings says. Yeah, it's he's doing a lot like better. Two weeks. Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> it's, it's actually been less. Sure. It's been like a couple <laughs> days. Another day, another bounty. This time, Jones busts up an arms deal, and even <laughs> he even has to shoot one of the dudes in the leg as he tries to flee. However, later when he stops by Police HQ to congratulate his former partner on his promotion, wearing a brand new gray suit and a ponytail, like he's like making some money now. Yeah. Which he never dresses like that again. Or Shotgun is rolling dude, in this no, scene. Dude, he dresses like that once, and well, then he's back to, like, He sweats. came in with the briefcase. What does he have? Well, Crack- it's, crackers. Well, it's kind of like... Lunch. It was I stopped kind of, by the store, picked up that kitty porn. It's kind of like that meeting <laughs> you jokes. have. I'm not a cop anymore. I can finally watch what I want. It's kind of like that meeting you have with the ex-girlfriend where you have to put on the good foot, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good without you. Look at my briefcase. Doesn't that say I'm doing good? Oh, yeah. do you think that's why he dressed up like that, to show off to the, the HQ that, like, I'm doing just fine without you? I'm doing just you. fine. 
That's a good point, Todd. That's a very salient point. Did I use salient right? You did. Okay. This writer knew what he was doing. <laughs> you, used, you used it correctly in a sentence. Salient point has nothing to do with this. Writer, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, Billings, <laughs> Billings is irate at Jones. Turns out the guy that Jones shot in the leg was an undercover mole in a nine-month sting operation. How many undercover cops do they have? That Jones just completely... Well, they're overstaffed on undercover cops. We don't have enough clothed cops. They're all undercover. I don't even know where they are anymore. You killed four (laughs) undercover cops the other day. I ran over one the other day. He didn't know what to do. Too many assignments. No, it turns out Jones completely derailed this whole operation. He's not even a cop anymore. He's fucking everything up. Uh, there are some things more important than your bounty money, Ian. Billings pleads, not to me. Not to me. And they're starting to call you Shotgun Jones on the street. What do you think of that? Dude, he does this little eyebrow wiggle. I like that. And this is where I'm on board. That's when you get on Fritz train. He's this. got some personality. No, he's, 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 he's better than what they used to call me. <laughs> it's, like, it's better than they used to call me. No, I'm Mac I, actor. Shithead. I'm just saying that this this emotion lasts for like maybe two seconds until the next scene when I'm like, oh yeah, this dude's a bad actor. But in this one scene, I was just like, holy crap, I like that. Yeah, I like that guy. Right. That, look, that little that little shifty little I told eye you, look. I told you guys an hour ago. There's certain things about this guy that work. Much like our yeah. cigar ratings, when we look at complexity and transitions, <laughs> I am sorry, but he just sucked ass throughout. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I, I, I'm sorry the man has passed away. He is no longer on the mortal coil, but he was a terrible actor. Yeah, actually, with me? I will agree. And at the Fredericksburg Independent Doc. Film Festival, he served Fritz and I some ice-cold bush lights, and they were delicious. You didn't like the eye, the eye twitch, Yax? I can go with the eye twitch. Well, I mean, the eye twitch was some, awesome. But I didn't say it beyond maybe the eye twitch. if I had Fredericksburg bush, I would think differently. <laughs> I, look, I looked at this scene and Bad I'm like, news, damn. I'm Bad like, news. I'm like, damn, Ronnie Dunn's one fine actor in this one little scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had some run-ins, didn't we? You better run, boy. You better run. Uh, first up after leaving HQ for Shotgun Jones, that's the, he's loving that new title, is A... Find a store that sells navy blue button-down bell-shaped trench coats with giant gold buttons. What the hell was yeah, that yeah. coat he was wearing? Yeah. He wore that earlier. No, dude, this thing That's is... what I was talking about. He had wore it on. I was like, what the shit? This is like, you know, Interview with the Vampire like 15 years before well, it was, that. It was a, to me, it was a pleasant change from his members-only jacket early. Or the cardigan giant sweater... He's eclectic in his taste. The only thing left was to roll out a giant shearling coat. (laughs) Dude, this coat. He almost had as many wardrobe changes as, like, Stallone had in Expendables 3. (laughs) You think it was in the writing? Like, what we need for Shotgun is this guy totally changes his clothes. This is what's going to bring the fans. This is what's going to start. But because it's Shotgun, they're like, all right, we got a new scene. What's the lighting guy? What are you wearing? I got this sweater on. I give it to Shotgun. Give it to Shotgun. <laughs> but this will be in Shotgun but I'm 400, Two. But I'm 400 pounds. It'll be baggy on him, but it'll. This will be in it'll Shotgun work. Two, the Jonesening. <laughs> so he's got to get that jacket, and B, he's got to capture the bounty on a fugitive car thief named Johnson Coolidge. When the black guy with the long ponytail, 
Five years we've been doing this. I don't think we've ever seen a black guy with a long ass. What and now there, there's something for the movie. The screenwriter Johnson Coolidge. <laughs> there's a fucking name. No Coolidge Johnson. No Johnson Coolidge. You're right. Yeah, Todd's heard it both ways. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, this guy takes off running the minute he sees Shotgun Jones. So Shotgun would, Jones would pulls any person with brain cells. <laughs> if you see this nine foot crazy dude walking towards you, you're innocent. I'm just selling Girl Scout. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, dude, Shotgun Jones pulls out a shotgun and shoots the dude right in the ass. Oh yeah, yeah. Blows his butt cheeks completely apart. I got a Best part of the movie is the dance that guy does. He's jumping the fucking ass. He's jumping around holding his bloody butt cheeks. Uh, I just wanted a can of Desert Valley Bush. <laughs> Luckily for him, Shotgun Jones is using rock salt in his shotgun. Not, which is like uh, even worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to so shoot you and inject these. salt into your open wounds. And now you just have chunks of salt that are stinging <laughs> continuously. So now you're going to howl in pain forever. But hours. if you're into drinking margaritas, you can just rub your butt <laughs> on the rim of the glass. Remind me oh. never to eat at that Mexican restaurant Cade goes to on Friday nights. <laughs> oh, it's good. I'd like the asshole margarita, please. <laughs> oh, they forgot salt on my glass. I got it. Jones, uh, <laughs> shotgun, Johnson. If you could do something. That night, while he's kicking back some cold ones at the bar, Jones gets a phone call from Billings. Rocker has jumped bail, which makes no sense. He's got a high-profile lawyer. He's laying low. Why would he need to jump bail? Because he's an idiot. Did y'all notice when the waitress told him that he had a phone call? It was a fake-ass girl voice. Yes, yes. It was clearly they didn't have a girl on set, so it the director was, so- was like. Shotgun, you gotta, you gotta call. Oh, it's horrible, dude. It was so bad. I rewound oh it like, God. did they really do that? And I rewound it. Like, Shotgun, telephone call. And he's like, thanks, honey. Uh, see now, here's where you and I differ. Where you rewound it and said, did they really do this? I looked at it, it in the context of this movie and said, of course, uh, of course they, they did, did this. Yeah. I actually ran it just to have a good laugh because dude, it was so bad. It was clearly a dude doing a girl voice. Shotgun, baby, telephone call. I actually rewound it because it was a good laugh. It was, I, got, it was it, good. I got paid seventy-five thousand dollars for that voiceover. That was you. Spare me. <laughs> Phone call, Minty. Phone call, Minty. I just trust the writer. And where do you suppose our old friend... I just trust the writer. Where do you suppose our old friend, Mr. Rocker, chooses to lay low for the law when he jumps bail? That the same hotel. hotel? That right. The same fucking hotel room that we've seen a million times. They all go back to the scene I of the would crime. have, at this point, been disappointed if he had gone somewhere else. If he went to a different hotel, I'd be like, oh, man. No. Same clerk, same hotel, same... I don't need your rubber. My God, Rocker. You're part of a multi-million dollar drug operation. Just check into the Fairfield Inn, for God's sakes. Just, like, maybe a that step... Was my just check into the Fairfield Inn, for good sake, or, my good man. Or why don't you just fly down to Mexico, beat the crap out of Mexican hookers, and call it a day? Well, he does apparently Dude, own Ruby a village. Dude, had a field day in Mexico. I, I, I assume. I don't know what the hooker scene is down there, but I... They don't write all those songs about Tijuana for nothing. <laughs> I'm going to say this because we've been back to this motel so many times. Uh, In the long run. Director Renee Perez of Death Kiss fame. Yeah. We did a show yeah, on Death Bronson. Kiss. The Charles Bronson uh, 
revisiting, reimagining, re something that we've never seen before. Recently watched <laughs> uh, our film Underbelly. What? He listened to our podcast on his on yeah, his yeah. film, and he's like, "You guys mentioned that you make films. What have you done?" So I sent him a link to our film. Yeah. And he watched it. No shit. And he sent me back some stuff. What he sent thought, you back some notes. What he thought about it. Not some notes some because changes. not notes because <laughs> the movie's done. Yeah. But some things. And one of the things he said was, "You know what I really liked about what you did here." Fritz Beer and John Nancy performances. The Fritz Beer and John Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fall into He's that. Did Joe ever cover before? Oh, oh no! You didn't fall into the low budget. <laughs> Day one, he was better than us. You didn't fall into the low budget trap of centering all the action in the movie over two or three main locations. Right, right. He's like, every scene, we're in a new spot in your movie. You didn't hang around one place too long. And yeah. he's like, that's the biggest thing with low-budget movies. They have a place and that the lets them shoot. Were yeah, that was a, that was a thing in that in, that, in this movie. Like, at that, that police same hotel room. Police headquarters in that hotel room is 80% yeah, of this yeah, movie. Every yeah. time that the other part room. is the club. And the club. Uh, that that's same club. And they the go lawyer's office them. was upstairs from the club. <laughs> and the lawyer's office was just an office in the club. But no, he's like... Every the yeah. movie flowed and you were always in a different place. And he's like, that's the biggest thing I notice when watching low budget films is they get a location that that lets them use it and they stay there. And you were all over the place. Sure were. So that you know what? Did he this is say from the guy. Anything else? This is from the guy that discovered Bronzy, oh, worldwide cinematic. Sensation bronzy. Sweet, sweet bronzy. Did he say anything? Um, and he did mention the screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Your actors were done. No, um, no he, 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 I, he, I, he, he could he, tell that the actors have, trusted the screenwriting. I was about to say, <laughs> I, 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 get to, I get to see all the emails that come through the channel, and I'm like, he was really impressed that the actors trusted the screenwriter. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're getting extra cigar in your care package. Uh, Rivington calls, uh, and he actually did point out the. Point. By the way, I totally fucking dig that the. Uh, Lindsay, bring me the fire axe. I, I I totally fucking did that. Uh, Bronzy's director watched your movie. Give me the fire axe. Give me the fire axe. You're gonna end up in an ice box tonight, buddy. He was very complimentary of the performances. Um, and overall, he, he he dug the film, so that was cool. I loved it when he wrote back and he was like, "Hey, I watched your uh, episode, Hipster, and the dude with the headphones." When he said, "I can't hear you, I've got my headphones on," that guy is just a treasure. I believed it that he couldn't <laughs> hear people because he had those headphones on. <laughs> yeah, Bronzy's director knows what's up. And he was like, "Should have been ear- like should have been earbuds though." <clears throat> yeah, but. He, he he! I I loved it when he mentioned. He was like that dude really trusted his director. He never said and he that. did. He, never, he, never, he, he never, sold it with those headphones. Rivington calls Rocker at the motel <laughs> and tells him get down to Mexico. Like get down to Mexico ASAP. <laughs> get down to the Mexican village ASAP. As Jones is now a rogue bounty hunter on the loose. Oh, they don't want that. Wait, didn't another bounty hunter get in trouble for going down to Mexico to collect a bounty? Yeah, that was Dog the Bounty Hunter. Okay. 
But that was way, way after this movie was made. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, at police headquarters, again, the 20th time we've been at police headquarters, to prove my point, Billings is begging Jones to give up the bounty on Rocker. The feds think he's a key player in an international drug ring, and they want Jones to back off in exchange for getting his badge back. Oh, that's enticing. But Jones likes the bounty hunter life. He makes more off one bounty than three months pay on his old salary, and he doesn't have the internal affairs Gestapo assholes setting him up for falls constantly. He'll have to think about it. Please, Ian. The mayor's worried. We don't have time for you to think about anything. That'll take us 20 years. <laughs> Why would you want to I come- need to think. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Why would you want to come back to the police force? Have you the, seen his forehead? That's God take, sakes, man. Your thinking that's is going to take days years. just to process through that enormous fucking cranium of his. Why would you want to come back to the police office when their IA is just setting up stings just to catch you? That's what he says. I'll have to think about it. And I can shoot guys in the ass with a shotgun every <laughs> other day. I can shoot guys in the ass with rock salt and drink beers at 2 in the afternoon. Oh, wait, do you know who you're already. talking to? You're talking to Shotgun Jones. Shotgun Jones. They don't care if I wear my sweet cardigan sweater. <laughs> Dude, he has no rules. He can, there's no dress code as a bounty hunter. I can dress like Sergeant Pepper and do whatever I want to. <laughs> he did with those big gold <laughs> buckles. and He looked like he's on the cover of Sergeant Pepper. It's Sharkin Jones Lonely Well, Billy Park says the mayor is worried, Ian. I guess you will enjoy the what show. does Ian say? Who's, who's the mayor? No, he says, no. fuck the mayor. Fuck the mayor. And he gets up and walks out. Well, it's true. He did say it. Oh, and while this is going on, Mr. Rocker is stopping by the sex shop where he shoots poor leather-vested Joey in the face on closed-circuit camera. See you, Joey. I guess he's trying to tie up some loose ends before he heads down to Mexico. Look at I don't, my face. I don't want people Anybody to who's seen my face, which I show to everybody and point at it, McDonald's drive through I don't need your barbecue sauce. Look at my face. <laughs> and But I, I want to be... You know, Chick-fil-A, this, I don't need your dick They, they show this thing Look where he... Look at my face. Well, it appears that... Uh, sick son of a bitch. He is tying up some loose ends, as that night, Rocker calls Jones from the motel room he's still hanging at to tell him, you're a dead man. If only they would have staked out this hotel room. <coughs> you think? <laughs> Maybe put Trace on the phone? Maybe tied some things together? We don't take his condoms, <clears throat> and we don't trace his phone. So the next morning, Jones goes to see his old partner for help. They put a hit on me. Dude, so much for tough guy Shotgun Jones. They put a hit on me. I need your help. Pussy Jones. Pussy Jones. He's scared shitless. <laughs> I want witness protection. I want 24-hour security around me. I don't know why it sounded like Alex Jones. Uh, I need 24-hour security around me. Uh, oh. We're short-staffed. We're short-staffed. How are going to put security around a guy who's nine feet that tall? That Billings takes Jones with him to go to the sex shop where he learned that, jo- that Joey to was just shot. To pick up his order. <laughs> yeah, why don't you rejoin the force? He's dead now. we got to go check out Joey's corpse. You want to cut tag along? I promise I'll play by the book. Okay. Did he, uh, we don't did have to he play leave by the book here. kitty porn lying around? Because we still got to bust him for that. I told him to burn it, <laughs> except for my collection. Joey was filming things in a pizza parlor in Sandusky, Ohio. Hillary Clinton was running the camera. It's all there. Infowars.com. Promo code TNCC20. <laughs> you said Sandusky. Jones warns Billings that Rocker is off the deep end. And if he's looking for Jones, he's probably looking for revenge on Billings, too. 
Uh oh. Yep, boom, just like that. We cut to Billings coming home from work that night. Gets out of his car, stretches. Dude, Rocker shoots him right in the chest. On the stretcher, as he's being wheeled away by paramedics, Billings pleads with Jones, let the DAA handle this. But Jones isn't having any of that shit. Well, he really, like, you know, just, like, keeps him there. Like, you can't you can't do this. He's like, please, I've got to go to the hospital. <laughs> let me go I've to the hospital. I've been shot. No, he says... This scum jump bail, and I'm a bounty hunter. Shotgun Joe. They actually cue the music here. Shotgun, Shotgun Joe. No, really. Shotgun. I, I think I can survive. No. You just take Shotgun me to the emergency. Joe. Shotgun Joe. Jones. The Shotgun best, Joe. The, one of the best theme music cut-ins ever. Yeah. They, they literally. It was so nonsensical and so over the top, it worked. Did you know? Yeah. From paying attention pretty, to the credits, yeah, pretty ridiculous, yeah. that the the black guy with the ponytail, Johnson Coolidge, was the guy that did the original music. No, was he? I don't remember his name. He had a weird kind of name, but he he, he looked was, like a guy who would make bad he music. He was the guy that did the uh, original music. Well, he should have sang on t- on key. Look, he was no Magneto Jones, but we could still accept <laughs> him. I appreciate it because I get you laid, motherfucker. <laughs> I love as as a as a as a lover of black exploitation flicks. You know, you had the great Cleopatra Jones, you had the great Foxy Brown theme song. Foxy uh-huh. Brown probably was my favorite uh, theme song of black exploitation. Uh, but you know, you had coffee, Shaft. you had coffee, yeah, you know, all the Pam Greer songs. But yeah, the Shotgun Jones song was just terrible, and it was no, a missed, a it missed was opportunity. Great. No, it was a missed opportunity. All right, aside aside from the singer not being able to hold a pitch. It was a great song. It was a great theme song. If if they would have just spent a little extra more, got someone who could sing on pitch, it was a perfect song. Well, they didn't for have look, budget for that because they got to set were, a couple dudes on fire in a minute. They and <laughs> they, they got to spend money on well, a zip used, line. They used their last $200 on a location agreement for that nightclub. The next afternoon, Jones finally gets the bright idea to go to the motel. The what? motel. What? You know, that motel where Rocker's been doing his dirty work for weeks now? Yeah. He tells the clerk he's looking for a guy built like me, only beefier. So, nine foot four inches tall and 400 pounds. <laughs> then Wilt Chamberlain walks in one of those yellows with a whip. Not not that big. That was, that was 19,901, baby. I'm on the way to 20K. <laughs> but the guy still plays dumb. I haven't seen anybody. It doesn't matter, though, as just then Rocker enters the lobby and a ridiculous foot chase ensues. Jones chases Rocker all over downtown L.A. until finally Rocker carjacks a car and escapes when Jones is momentarily stunned because he's so huge after he's slammed into by a van. Kill man. Any other man, but Jones being the freakish Frankenstein he is. Shotgun Jones! Shotgun! Jones uh, gets back on his feet and he goes to the motel to retrieve his sawed-off shotgun. And he finds and some a cl- condoms. He finds a clue up in Rocker's room that might help him lead him to where the perp is heading next. Unused condoms. Cut to the desert. My favorite scene in the film, or my favorite interaction in the film, uh, where Jones pulls up in his truck outside a dilapidated RV. As he honks the horn and exits the vehicle, a guy puts his gun to Jones's head and says, "Anybody ever tell you you make too much noise?" Only faggots, pimps, and bad-tempered hermits. Or bad-tempered desert hermits. Best line of the movie. Again, 
uh, and if that's the delivery I mean, had then, been any good at all. <laughs> From him or me? No, your delivery was great. Oh, okay. The actor, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Chapin, I hope you rest in peace. Hey, you just sucked. Dude, here's my thing. Come on. Pack me up here, brother. I agree. About a year ago, we started because Facebook and Google were all cracking down on anything tobacco related. We we're, we had a very serious. I thought you were going to say they're cracking down on us. We had no. They are. They are. We had a very serious discussion about renaming the podcast because the fact we have cigar in our name is limiting us on a bunch of different levels from getting out there to people. I propose our new podcast name. The Faggots, Pimps, and Bad Tempered Desert Hermits podcast. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think it's going to fly. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Can they crack down on that? I'm barely certain <laughs> sure they, they will. Find a problem with They'll that. find reasons. I'm just I mean, saying that you, some that, bad tempered hermit out there is like, I'm offended by this. I'm just saying that URL might be a little long to type. Faggots. <laughs> Go to www.faggotspimpsandbadtemperhermits.com. Desert Hermits. Desert Hermits. See, people are going. Yeah, people are going. All right. It was still the best line of the movie. Would have been. We then pan down to see that Shotgun Jones has his shotgun, imagine that, pressed against the man's crotch. Ian Jones, what the hell brings you your ugly kisser to Madman's Desert Hideaway? Turns out they're old friends. They hug. He's here to ask his buddy Sam to help him to find a way to break into the Mexican fortress hiding rocker. But you're a cop. You can't go storming into Mexico. I used to carry a badge. Now I carry this, Jones says, holding up his shotgun. Shotgun Jones! Shotgun Jones! Shotgun Jones. I used to carry a badge. Now I carry these acting lessons. No, I kind of wish you It's all blurry. <laughs> they, they didn't print it out oh, right. Did you I, not seen the Bendix report? I, <laughs> oh, God. Show the camera. Uh, Sam loves it. And they decide <laughs> that first they need to consume lots of beer. Of course. I can get on board with that. So far, so good. And after the beer drinking, they put on their welding goggles, and we get a sweet montage of them building a kick-ass, fully-armored battle wagon, dun, all dun, set dun, to the sweet-ass Shotgun Jones song. It's, it's totally 18. But the song gets a little different here because they add a chorus in there. He's delivering justice. Shotgun! Shotgun Jones! Shotgun Which is really kind of sucky because his buddy apparently constructs a... Badass battle wagon while he works on one piece of metal <laughs> the whole time, just hey, grinding away. You're going to know why that one piece of metal is so important later. That's well, what I'm, goes underneath the Mazda to keep the grenades from killing them. Well, apparently so, but I mean, he just works on it. The other dude apparently just constructed this whole thing. <laughs> the like, entire thing. It's a good just, montage, uh, though, you see him doing the drill press thing. He like, does the drill press. Mm. When the tank, basically, it's a tank, is complete, Jones thanks his buddy Sam. I can't thank you enough, brother. But Sam insists on tagging along for the mission, so they agree to load up even more ammo, charge the flamethrower a little bit more, and go kick some ass after drinking some more beers. And he says, I know the perfect place to cross the border, because how else are you going to get, you know, a vehicle that has a fifty caliber on the roof and a gun barrel sticking out the front windshield? I mean... He says... Do you think this will pass a uh, border security? He says it's, it's a two-mile stretch down dirt road. There might be some border people, but I got I got a plan. But that's the 80s. We really didn't care about illegal border that's crossings true. at that that's time. True. So, you know, it was all... 
It was fun. It was the eighties. So they do the. They do the. They do the. You go to Mexico without getting a coffee. Dude, they do the slap hands up and down. Rock and roll. Jones says. Hoochie Coo, Sam says. Now that's a good rock song. Rock and roll Hoochie Coo? Yeah. Rick Derringer? Rick Derringer. I okay. never liked that song. Why not? I don't know. It just sounded kind of corny. Yeah, I thought it was mm. kind of a fun hanging out at the beach drinking some beer song. I'm sorry. Once I heard uh, Mean Gene Oakland sing it, it was just over. Oh, I never heard that version. WWE soundtrack number one. Tut, uh, this happens occasionally. I just want to ask just for uh, compliance. Uh, We've been drinking a lot tonight. Are you recording audio? Yes. Okay. Camera's rolling? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. (laughs) Just want to make sure. Are you just saying yes because? Yes. 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 (laughs) Peaked in the 70s, your show's. Technically rolling, sir. Because you were all on board with those anti Find anti-vax. out in the morning. <laughs> you were that same enthusiasm with the anti-vaxxer dead kid joke earlier, and I want to make sure you're all on board now. Uh, I'll never do a monologue again. I'm so sorry that was about horrible. that. horrible. That really backfired. That horrible. Like, I say that every show. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. I make and a, you find something worse. Hey, you know what? I make a lot of mistakes, but you know what? Yax is right. I always find a way to bounce back and do something worse. <laughs> Never learn from your mistakes. Uh, Yellow Jones, you see. Never learn from your mistakes. It's the Yellow Jones. It was not a joke about the dead kid. It was a joke about the chicks on Facebook who think they know more than doctors. That was the joke. Came across as a dead kid joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You win some, you lose some. Hey, real quick. I'm done with my cigar. Are you guys done with yours? I'm close. I'm close. I enjoyed it. it very had a much really so. creamy coffee cream, uh, earthiness. Uh, very little in the red row, but great construction. Do you guys want to guess, guess price point at this oh, point? Eight twenty-five. Eight twenty-five. Mm. I'm going more than that. I'm going to go ten fifty. Ten fifty for the Brickhouse bitch. Maduro Toro. I'm going to go eight fifty. Ten. Ten fifty. Go ten fifty-one. Oh, you bastard. Oh, no, no, I'm going to go 11 because this is a – they're redoing something They bring from back a classic brand with a new twist. 11, 1050, what would you say? <laughs> 825. 825. I'm going with 7 bucks. 7 bucks. All over the place. You're all wrong. 670. No way. Six dollars and seventy cents. Wrong is seven bucks. I'm not all wrong. I'm no, he's very right. <laughs> You're like thirty cents off. <laughs> You're all wrong. Even you. <laughs> Six seventy. Only an exact what a match. And get this. Agreed. You can get a box right now on FamousSmokeShop.com for one thirty ninety nine. That's twenty percent off using promo code TNCC twenty. It knocks it down to five twenty three a fucking stick. That's that is great value. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor knows. smoking on his. I'm kind of surprised with that. I should do the math. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Reflect that in your scores. Great, great price point. Go ahead and give that a seventy five. That little three inch fucker cost <laughs> a lot more than that. Yeah, I uh, think they just took a regular yeah, scar um, and cut it in half. <laughs> I'm sorry. Somewhere I was going somewhere that, that they had they always had a bunch of brick house stuff. 
Brickhouse has been around forever. Yeah. But they've reintroduced it, they've reinvigorated it, and this new Maduro is a new twist on it. Okay. But, the brick, thought, but the Brickhouse line has been around for years. Okay. So years I was thinking, I, I thought I'd, I'd seen it before and not thought it was, uh, I guess what I, I thought of that I saw that wasn't too much. That's fair because so, it, it has been around. Yeah, because I've, I've actually it, had it before. The original is not a high dollar. It so wasn't Fritz, anything that impressive. Yeah, and no, Fritz I spoke is, in this. I was like, this is I a lot of money. I didn't think it was a lot of money because I'm. Yeah. I don't buy. I don't spend a lot of money on cigars because I don't know enough to go like, oh, I, I'm going to buy an expensive stick. So I typically shoot a little lower uh, and hope I get. You when know, you follow me home tonight, I'm going to give you a bag of goodies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't don't don't. That, that <laughs> that's a trap. That sounded, it's a trap. That, that right. sounded bad. That sounds yeah. like a way to get the yellow jaundice. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like a big <laughs> way to get the yellow jaundice. Uh, well, cut to <laughs> that night at the Mexican Village. I guess there are more guards there, as Rivington requested, but it's mostly just a bunch of drunk Mexican dudes sitting around without guns. Rockers at the cantina slurping on some cervezas while a plethora of Latina chicas stroke his cheek and try to cheer him up. TNCC style. He had a rough time, man. They're, they're trying to cheer him up. The Mexicans sitting around drinking with no purpose or him lamenting surrounding himself with Mexican prostitutes. TNCC style. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that doesn't last long at all, this peacefulness, as suddenly Jones and Sam arrive and start firebombing the shit out of everything. Jones yells out from his place behind the gun turret, Rocker, give it up or kiss it all goodbye. They're heavily armored. It's just a Mazda little truck. that they. It's a Mazda. It's an armored Mazda truck. <laughs> it's a little Mazda truck that just... But it, still lo- but it still sh- looks cool. Shit too. I like it. Yeah. Breaks through the fortress gates. Oh, my God. Which is like, this is like two, two plywood things that are... It's look, cheap I mean, plywood. It's, it's like sheetrock almost. It's, like, it's no Tango and Cash no, laser, no. but still. <laughs> this is the B version of when Tango and Cash went in the, the end. No, the, there's a scene where uh, you, the camera is like focused on the gate, and you see one of the henchmen come in and latch the gate but there's still like almost eight it's inches of latch. space between the two doors of the <laughs> gate just a little and it's like this little <laughs> bitty two by four that's I'm locked I'm fairly in there. certain I'm we like, heard the man say very early on I want an impenetrable I want fortress. an impenetrable fortress and it's some just plywood and like you said a little guy like puts a little thing in a <laughs> a, 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 a little, little latch uh well, they easily break Wait, what's, through the. Wait, what's the uh, what's the other guy? The shot, uh, the side Sam's name, Sam. Shotgun and Sam. Shotgun and Sam. Sam and shotgun. <laughs> shotgun. Well, and Sam. they blast everything and everyone in sight. They even set one poor asshole. The Mazda has a flamethrower on the front of it. Of course it does. They set one guy on fire, and then some other dudes come out and they set them on fire. That's fifty percent of this movie's budget. Is those couple dudes on fire yeah yeah the guy, the guy that it's like, like ah, you know what we could get another hotel room for some of these scenes no 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 we got to set those guys on fire later use the but, same motel uh, room no. really gonna set them on fire there's there's one more budget item in this film that's they're about to come oh, up. these yeah these guys are actually we're gonna we're gonna burn them to death. <laughs> look there's some pedejos down there that we don't give a shit about they called me a pinchy gringo they're gonna pay for it pay pay you know how when you uh, you know how like when you see the shows where they demonstrate 
the fire suits and stuff. <laughs> That's and, what these guys. And they, and they yeah, so, so they got yeah. It's like this is like a show where we show you how they do the thing on yeah. the movie. And the guy said they set him on fire and he does this and he walks out and goes ah. That was these and the guy dudes. did exactly that. And you can see that's the director going man I really want to do this fire. I got I, I know a guy who like does yeah, the instructional videos. Does, yeah. And he had the white fire retardant mask on his face like that guy's not yeah, Mexican. So he's like ah. Well, when finally the Mazda is taken out of commission, one of the uh, pinche gringos, Me- no, pinche gringos, no, the not the gringos, the Mexicanos, they the finally Mexicanos? they finally wise up and they're like, we can just throw a grenade on this thing and it's a Mazda, we can just blow its wheels off. So they uh, they blow it up. Jones and Sam start firing on foot. And what do you know? Gun enthusiast slash survival of Sam gets shot immediately and killed. I've been training my whole life. To, it's not the <laughs> Shotgun Sam show. It's not no. Shotgun Sam. But he was clearly out in the desert preparing for World War Three. I'm going to be the guy that takes over the government. <laughs> when, the, when the federal government comes in, led by Soros, football soldiers, and lizard people, I will be the one. I've got an arsenal. I can do everything i got to do. And then all of a sudden... He steps out of the car. Steps out of the car. <laughs> and that sounds pretty accurate to what's actually going to happen. all these fuckers that are like... Yeah, you want to take away my Second Amendment rights? I'll be there waiting with... <laughs> oh, in Birmingham... <laughs> Instantaneous we, death! In Birmingham, well, we call that a well, middle of shampoo. His, his, you know, nutritious... Michelle Obama's ding-dong is going to come in. It's going to try to wipe us all out. I'm going to be ready with my AR-15. I'm going to be ready with my supplements, my whole grain pee. I'm going to step out and say, Oh, Jesus! Dude, he's dead in instant... He's instantly dead. Sounds like someone had an Ipswich breakfast biscuit. What about a uh, koala burger? That's English, right? <laughs> no, it's still, no. Australian. still Australian. Australian. Do the Australians eat koalas? No, they don't. No. They're surly. They are surly. Not the Australians, the koalas. No, Gibson's really surly, especially towards Jews. But don't look at me. Is, yeah. I was in the bookstore getting a copy of When Tut Gets His Groove Back. <laughs> Actually, I was Dude, that reading. should be on the marquee. <laughs> Hot guns, D throw two. When Tut gets his groove back, <laughs> we're still waiting. Well, and then there's five easy pieces, but that's something else. Of Tut's ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, so when it's finally just down to Jones and Rocker, a true literal Mexican standoff. By the way, I want to. They're stand, It's a me- They're in Mexico, and it's it's Mexican standoff. It's a Mexican yeah. standoff. I want to take a few moments. I've lit up an auxiliary cigar. Uh, an auxiliary our, cigar? Yeah, I've smoked R2 cigar, show cigars. Is that an Arte? <laughs> that is an uh, acid, uh, Cubida Art. has acid on it. <laughs> Arte. Cubida Art. Cubida Arte. It's got an well, E at the end. going to class tomorrow. <laughs> and? I've heard it both ways. Or if you do, that's from you your water tower. Yeah, it's from my water tower, and that's a sexy smoke profile. Oh, oh those things smoke like a motherfucker. Come up, it just travels up the body, of the cigar, the exit out the tail. Yeah, and out of all the asses I've ever had, it's one of the very least acidy cigars. Out of I've all had. the asses you ever had? Acid cigars. Oh, sorry, sorry. 
Even more so than the Acid 20. Oh, I, I, I really like the Arte. Smoking like a I do like the Arte. Yeah. And the smoke profile smoke is actually a work of it's like art. It's a house on fire. Yeah, it is. Um, look well, at it. Yeah. Look I'm at looking it. at it. Well, Rocker crumbles and offers to give up his boss. You know, the guy who runs all of this. Drugs, porno, guns, and he killed your sister. Jones tells him, talk. By the way, that's the same thing I said of the Highway Patrol on the way here tonight. <laughs> By the way, go get Kato. He's into drugs. We, he fucked I, your sister. He's into everything. <laughs> he's into everything. He's into everything. <laughs> I, look, I was going four miles over the speed limit. Look, just, dude, it's a speeding ticket. <laughs> He's got the yellow jaundice. He's fucking. He's dealing smooch. He's dealing ice out of the fucking pub. Look, Matt Cade was knee deep in Michelle Obama's ding dong way before. Cody, you're going to Nicaragua. He's got the jaundice. Back. He's got the yellow fever. He's got the typhoid. He's got the dang from the mosquitoes. Fritz and I are going undercover to try and nail these bastards. Come on, he's all. I was just pulling you over going 68 and 65. These guys are, these guys are pieces of shit. By the way, have we already gotten past the zipline artist? No, that... Oh, yeah, I think we did. At this point, we've gone past I think, I think you were taking a whiz when the... Z- During this whole battle, there is some Mexican uh, drug guy who chooses to... Take a zipline down. They do, yeah, yeah, they yeah, do, battle, al- yeah, yeah. They do almost right. three different cutaways to this guy who's like on this like legendary zipline that lasts for five minutes. Doesn't he do a robo war? Yeah! <laughs> it's horrible. Does Jones, Shotgun Jones, blast him with a shotgun? I think the moment he lands. Shotgun like he, Jones! Ah, he drops it. Boom. <laughs> You bitch shotgun. Why would you have a zip line at your Mexican fortress? Hey, also Riv- the fact that, like, said he, he wanted the best. Like, I see him coming down. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> That's right. Rivington said <laughs> he wanted all the perks. <laughs> like a fortress. Don't shortchange this shit. I want zip lines. So Rocker said, well, shit, we're I want the best. Lines. All right, we'll get you one. I zi- want uh, one zip line. I want a cheap place. zip line. I want well, plywood doors. I want a zip line. Two pieces of barbed wire and a zip line. Oh shit! The Mazda's coming. We got that zip line. I got this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that the dude hanging from the zip line no was a plan, nice though. touch. He had no plan on the zip line. He's like, do you have a knife in his teeth or like a, an Uzi? No. Nope. No. He just, nope. just wrapped a whip around his neck. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to. I wanted to rewind at that point, but I'm like, did I just see that? Yeah, you did. When yeah, I, you did. When I drop off the zip line, it all makes sense. That's what Shotgun Jones like. I'm just saying that there was a whole bunch of crappy writers in a room somewhere, and they're like, put a zip line in there. No, there was one There's writer. One writer. Addison Randall, he wrote that scene. He was like, uh, Mitzi's not letting Addison Randall off the hook. It was not a team needs, of writers. You know what just needs this a bandage report? A is, goddamn zip this line. Is not, this is not studio interference. I know what's going one guy. I'm trying to make a franchise here out of this. We're going to have Shotgun 4. Hey, man. Fucking zip line. At least he put a zip line in it. He didn't have to do that. Fuck, <coughs> fuck you, Schindler's List. We're going to have a zip line. I wish I had put a zip line into my movie, Underbelly. Hey, you know what? Are you sure you didn't? At the end scene, I just wanted Mincy to just... Ah! Just come into the zip line. That was... Why not? Dude, instead of having right. instead of getting <laughs> shot and falling down the bed of leaves, yeah, fire I could have just went like, <laughs> get, yeah. get the fire axe. Mitz, uh, Fritz, just <laughs> get stick him in the gut with an axe. That doesn't no. make any sense. I don't care. Just What do you want me to do no, here? I, I want know. you to really kill him. I want you to... 
I'm sorry. Did you write the script? Trust your screenwriter. Yeah. Put the zip line. We did that already. Right. Uh, Could they redo the song? Zip line. <laughs> zip line Jones. <laughs> zip line Jones. Jones tells Rocker to talk. Give me the name. Talk, you son of a bitch. Talk, you son of a bitch. And Rocker does. Fletcher Rivington. What? Rocker shot in the head suddenly by someone else. Not shotgun. Someone else shoots him in the head. I was really waiting. Give me a name I can use. Rivington. The other guy. The other guy. My lawyer. I don't know what you're saying. Say it again. Fuck I did earlier tonight with the Hillsborough Police. accent that's everywhere that makes no sense why we're associated. Say something else. More. Well, enter Fletcher Rivington, who shows up on the scene dressed up in all white like Balak from uh, Raiders Lost Ark. And what is Dude, the hat white he's wearing? White suit, yeah. scarf, white top hat. Was it Balak? Yeah, or it was, it was yeah. Belloc. 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 Yeah. He looks just like that dude. The hat included. Those weren't people, Jones. They were hookers. Hey, my English accent's getting a little better. Yeah. Not really. That's what they were there for. They're already ruined. But you made them mad at me, and they wouldn't go with me anymore. <laughs> The doctors inform me I need to feed him beers to get through this. Um, I've been sniffing these shot glasses for the last 45 minutes. Shotgun Jones steps out in the open. You're filth, Rivington. You are the worst kind of filth, and I'm going to wash you away. How, matey? This is Mexico. There are no acting lessons down here. I'm the power here. You take me in and I'll be out in no time at all. I'm the power here. You'll listen to <laughs> me from this point forward. I still have the money by Crocky and the power and the influence it can buy. Especially in Mexico. I'm one of the most powerful defense attorneys in the country. I know all the tricks. You, you're a cop. I can't lose. You're a broke dingo's dongo. <laughs> You've got nothing. <clears throat> yes, you can, says Shotgun Jones, right before he shoots Remington in the chest with his shotgun. Shotgun <laughs> Jones! Shotgun. That's what Shotgun Jones does. That was a great dues. moment, man. That was, <laughs> That's what that was... Shotgun Dues does. He does dudes in the chest with a shotgun. I'm just thinking the only guy that could actually sing here is like... God damn it. Every time Mincy does a Shotgun Jones thing, I'm like... I, I just want that to be the quote for the intro of the show. Like, That's what Shotgun Jones do. do, do. He does. <laughs> shotgun. 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 I need to drink more. He does do what he does. What were these things? Jameson's? Is there more of that in there? Hey. It's like those Mountain Dew no, commercials. Hey, you know what? I love. I love you how. Do the uh, dues. I loved how fast that, how quick that he shot him, and and it was done. It was over. It was on done, and no I was like, bullshit, man, I was so no, no bullshit, no yes side little thing happening, and it's, I, and dragging I, it on. At I'm that like, point, boom. let's be honest, we were all looking at that running time. Like, is this almost over? And it was oh, like, oh wait, that, two minutes. I yeah, started doing over. that seven oh, minutes man, in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all had our eye on it to a certain extent. 
No, he 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 does what Shotgun Jones does. So my last girlfriend said to me, Nancy, I've been looking at the running time since very early. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Uh, I'm just gonna close my eyes and. <laughs> How is that guy doing? I'm gonna, file my, I'm gonna file the I'm gonna file the report. As soon as this started, I started looking at the running time. I started looking at the running time and was hoping this would be over soon. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Jimmy, if you could do me a favor and just go ahead and file that Bendix report, uh, it'd be great. I've got two pages of it right here. <laughs> Back in L.A., we were at Police HQ Back for the oh, 50th time. As a fully recovered Billings, he's fine. He was shot in the chest. He's zipping around. <laughs> I thought he was dead. Didn't he? I think he was dead. He shot in the heart. He's great. He's back on the job. He's that would have made more Much sense. like the like hooker the who was dead. beat within an inch of her life with the yeah. crack ribs and crack jaws. She's up and running. So T- is Billings. Tut has a division test. He can't make the podcast for two weeks. This guy gets shot in the chest. He's back on the job the next day. I don't have the. Just saying. I don't have the fortunate. Very difficult. I don't have the fortunate ability of these screenwriters writing my life. And then I had a very. (laughs) Hey, I'll work on that. Trust the writer, Tut. Trust the writer. I did. Look so well, us. That, well, they needed him back on the job because they were so they short. were so short staffed. <laughs> they they sped up his recovery. Get back in here. Uh, he tells the newly oh, rein- I have a bullet in my chest. We're really short staffed. <laughs> he tells the newly reinstated Jones, oh, <laughs> dude, Jones took his job back. That the federal government and DA are busy cleaning up his Mexico mess, and he thinks it's time for them to knock back some cele- celebratory beers. Dude, he just got shot in the chest. He's already ready to. Get drunk again. TNCC style. Do you know what kills the pain in my chest? You were in the ICU two days ago. Back to my place, get drunk tonight. I got a podcast to do. I had a beer there. Shotgun. Shotgun drinking. Mixing alcohol and pain medication. This is the way to go. Perfect combination. But Shotgun Jones has other plans. He's bought a chintzy ass. Did you see that little bouquet of flowers he bought? It was like one flower and some dead flowers. I'm thinking that's for Barbara, the bail bondsman. I got a date tonight. Yeah. Mm. Who else is it going to be for? You mean uh, the doctor's maneuvers to do the same thing are not entirely uh, appreciated by the opposite sex? I got you this. Hey, baby, yeah, I got you a rose and yeah, six yeah, weeds. Yeah, what was wrong with that little bouquet? <laughs> Come on. <It's> all <laughs> what? Was that, is that bad? Dude, it was the saddest bouquet of flowers I've ever seen. Internal Affairs Agent Sims appears in the hallway and tells Jones that he'll be watching him closely now that he's back on the force. To which both Jones and Billings flip him the fucking bird. Everybody flip him the bird. Walking away, bird. Everybody give Sims the bird. Come on, Tut. Give the bird. Tut. If it if it ends this podcast, it's the one walking away bird. Oh, it's the walking away bird. This way. This way. Fuck you. That doesn't sound. And we freeze frame. The end, Thank which God. leads us perfectly, beautifully into a sequel. <sighs> which next episode, episode 112, we will be doing Shotgun Jones 2. We will not. No, because I can't make it. Double barrel of justice. I can't make it. I'm not doing it. It never, it never uh, happened. <laughs> No, there is no sequel. Uh, there should have been. I wonder why. No, there I should not was, have been. This Jones was a just terrible piece of up. shit. I think he, he could have gotten The next he movie, had, he would have been looser. I thought he, you know, he go moments. back. He had moments in, in this film. God he had it, moments. Friends, he did have moments. He only had two. Well, it's horrible. I'm sorry. It's horrible. 
I am only sorry because I, as I said earlier, I do not want to speak ill of the dead. He was a terrible actor. It was a terrible Dude, performance. Seventy-five percent of the movies we do, everybody's dead. Uh, I'll say this: don't, 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 don't. Oh God! There's oh, underbelly on here next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these actors are I'm dead. Just, I'm just saying we do a lot. <laughs> we do a lot of dated movies. There's a lot of dead Fritz Beer and John Mincy. They were uh, performers. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just I'm saying. Mincy and I could die t- t- tonight. Don't put on your kid gloves. We will, we will do your movies. And you will tonight. And you would. And you would trusting the writer. We could die. Mincy and I could die tonight. You guys wouldn't get out. You guys wouldn't do underbelly, and you wouldn't get out the boot, would you? No, you absolutely. Oh, we would. No, absolutely, we would. Oh. All right, now, 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 keep in mind. No, don't we, die because if you well, do, we will the fill the boot, and then we will talk trash about you. All the uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Fritz and Mincy are gone. Here's the here's the penny loafer of remembrance. Let, let's just keep in mind the boot of remembrance is a democratic process. It's uh, democratic. You know what it is? It's a rock song. Me and the axe vote yes. Kate votes no. There's no boot. And then no boot. And no boot. They should trust the writer. Uh, I'm sorry. They've, we've got done, our, they've got our pictures hanging up there next to the Hindenburg. movies over the years. <laughs> yes, Tut. A lot of Disasters. movies that I've questioned. <laughs> yes. And this is by far the biggest waste of time I've ever seen. More than Father's Day? I watched More than it. Father's Day. And I watched it twice. What was the... Jesus Christ, Was Prince. Father's Day the... <laughs> you the, had the uh, jaundice. <laughs> well, I had to have the yellow jaundice. <laughs> father's Day where the guy was going around uh, butt-raping all the fathers. Yeah. And you were like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. How dare you show me this movie? Oh, I was not a pretty <laughs> okay. to that podcast. Okay, so <laughs> that was the worst thing I've seen in my life. This was like the most waste of time I've seen in my life. I disagree. Uh, this was some guys trying to make a cop movie. And they did the best they could with the resources available to them at the time. Because and apparently they had no resources. <laughs> We've got a hotel room. They had a couple. And they, had, they had two locations. I've got Look, a club. We've for got we've thirty got a, minutes. We've got a kick-ass Mazda. They've had enough resources truck. to make a kick-ass Mazda. And they should have spent that money on some actors. No, this was some really creative guys that were just doing the best they could with what they had, and I respect <laughs> that. Look, our spark budget is just way too. You know much. what? To put this in Fritz's world, this is a garage band. That they may not have the best original songs, but they've got songs. some. Ori- they're not just doing covers. Disagree. They're, Disagree. They're, they they they've cooked up some original songs. Disagree. And yeah, they're not a great band. And yeah, they're not going to headline. And yeah, they're probably going to just play shitty little clubs in Sandusky, Ohio. But they're still trying. Disagree. There's enough passion with some of those bands to where even if they're not that talented, you can see something there. You can see a spark there. I saw sparks. This I, saw sparks. I saw sparks. I saw sparks. I saw, I saw, sparks. I saw a few. I yeah. did not. When he was grinding away on that metal, nothing but sparks. <laughs> not <laughs> the welding sparks. We, not the welding <laughs> yeah, sparks. Yeah, you son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, when they were doing the montage scene, yeah, there were some sparks. All right. Kane now, has a... Spoken very eloquently, and uh, I always appreciate his opinion. And he, since he does the most research out of all of us for our shows, uh, we must respect that research and thank him for doing so. However, I spent three days preparing. He does this have show. the yellow jaundice. I, three uh, fucking days. 
preparing this fucking show. I must show. Uh, respectfully disagree. Again, that, that's hating welcome. to speak ill of the dead. That's welcome. Uh, respect to you for your research. This was one of the worst motion pictures I've ever seen, and that says a lot. Yeah, it does, especially uh, on this podcast. Yeah, you've seen some crap. I have seen some crap. I have seen myself on film. I have seen some shit. Uh, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate to speak ill of the dead, but Mr. Chapin's performance, he was one of the... I can't even call it a performance. I'm sorry. I hope you are resting peacefully <laughs> with the Lord and your deceased forebears. It was one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen in my life. I could not get behind the so bad it's good things that I've seen in other films. Sounds like somebody's got the Hershey squirts. Mincy, did this you, almost did gave you me the Hershey squirts. <laughs> did you watch our Anna Nicole Smith special? <coughs> uh, once again, we all have drinking problems. I was present. At the Anna Nicole Smith Double Podcast. I was there okay. for those shows. All I commented right. on them uh, vociferously. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarities I was, between uh, Anna Nicole Smith okay. and this Okay, no. No. Except he Robo didn't have War. huge knockers. Robo War. He was Anna Nicole without knockers. Okay. Which Bo- is horrible. Both the Anna Nicole well, movies were... Both the Anna Nicole movies were Schindler's List compared to this. This was a horrible motion picture. I know what they were mm. trying to do. You're so wrong. They were trying to they were trying to create a franchise. Let's do a, a cheap buddy eighties cop movie. This is a thing. They failed miserably. It was a horrible movie. As I've said, the screenwriting did not do any of the performers any favors. No, However, the, screenwriting was horrible. the greatest screenplay of all time would not have done them any favors. Horrible movie, horrible performances. I snickered once or twice. <laughs> that was it. I couldn't. I couldn't get behind the so bad it's good, the Hershey squirts lines, and the stuff that made makes you laugh. Team I Doctor. couldn't. I couldn't get behind it. It was awful. Normally, Cade, you and I are in a lot of agreement on this, but in this case, sounds like me and Tutter are on the same team on this one. Team Doctor. But you know what? I want to say one final thing. It's nice to live in a society. And maybe we're in the last perilous stages of it. Or we can all respectfully, because I do respect you for what you've done, mm. we can respectfully disagree. I've done a lot here. Before no. we turn into a bunch I, of homogenized, I, colorless, I, I, genderless drones who <laughs> all agree on everything and everybody's great at everything. This was a piece of shit. I've done a lot here. and This I, was a piece of shit. Uh, Doctor and scene. I got the Bendix support for you right here. It's got the yellow jaundice. Well, uh, I think Fritz and I have a counterpoint to you boys. Um, and oh, yeah, I got growled into that, didn't I? <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> Fritz's team. Uh, I'm just really happy that so I was So really, included. Cody is the tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, God, Cody, there you go. The there you go. <laughs> I'm the total guy. shit. Not total shit. There's total. only there's only two answers. No, total shit. Total shit or not total shit. You're either he, for us or against us. No, that it that it. You're either with you us can or go you're another way. Us. Do you really want to be against no, Fritz Beer? <laughs> oh wait, oh you son of a bitch! Why are you turning around? It's wait. What? He doesn't care. Do you rather want to be against Fritz? You you bastard! He doesn't care about. <laughs> he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about Fritz. I, 
Cody, you're a smart guy. You can do go you wanna be way. on you Do you want to be the, on the team of medicine and mathematics and science? Hey, man, you can either side with them or side with me and Fritz. It's up to you. Or go another route. I respect that. It, but our final, the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's final decision on this movie weighs on your shoulders. You're the tiebreaker. No pressure. I've been working out my shoulders. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Or whatever. Oh. I, I respect that. He's I Switzerland. Res- I respect it. Total neutral. Switzerland. Or is it this? No. Uh, uh, where am I going? Uh, uh, where am I going? Uh, yeah, you yeah, have to take no. a side, man. Oh, I will take a, take a side. side. Do it. I take no sides. Oh, Do you know why? Why? Because this movie, you didn't for about half the time, was fucking phenomenal. No. That's enough. And the other half, That's enough to give it a thumbs up. No, but the other half of the movie was just dog absolute shit. dog shit. Dog shit. <laughs> I so knew he was going to say way. dog shit before. So we got a tie. Before he said dog shit, I knew he was going to say, say dog, dog shit. shit. Hey, but not horse shit, not bullshit, not total. Okay. I knew he was going to say dog shit. Okay, dog if, we've, shit. if we've got, if we've got, that's the worst guys, kind of shit. If we've got two guys, got worms and stuff. If we've got two guys oh. who say it's a piece of shit. And two guys are like, no, that's not a total piece of shit. And one guy is halfway in between, not total piece of shit and total piece of shit. I think that kind of tells you something. Nobody's saying this is good. Yeah. You know what, Doctor? I think I can sum this up uh, a little more succinctly and a little more accurately. Uh, That hurts my feelings. This movie is not dog shit. Um, and And I think the fact that three out of five... Tuesday Night Cigar Club members endorse this movie. That is not, uh, that is not accurate statement, <laughs> sir. Fake news. Fake news. You said over half of it was fun. It was. It had its moments. Okay. Over oh, half of it was fun. Had its moments that it half means. of it was shit, he said, too. Dog shit. He, f- he said dog shit. Yeah, dog shit, which is the worst kind of shit. Father's Day had more if somebody, moments if somebody, than this. If somebody like punched me in the face, like you're dog shit, that'd be the that'd be worse than cow shit, horse shit. Like dog shit is like the worst kind of shit. You know what? I couched it earlier, and I was like, when we were talking about Father's Day, Father's Day at least had that scene where he was boning his sister, and the scene where he was boning his sister is better than any scene in this movie. <laughs> Dude, that. Oh my God, you gotta revise the Hold paper. Everybody, everybody's pulling out their pencils and notes. <laughs> Take a note. At least he was boning his sister. Hey, everybody's right. Even Fred, who wasn't there, that's writing some shit down. <laughs> Dude, that was like. At least he boned his sister. Before, before <laughs> this movie. That was, Father's Day was the worst movie we've ever done, and Look I'm saying that this is the worst movie we've ever done. Okay, well, you know what? At that, least Father's Day was memorable. That, I will not remember this except for that shitty theme song. You'll remember it because you're a piece of shit. Dog shit. I will not remember this at all. And as you smoke that acid, you'll have the Hershey squirts. Sure <laughs> Listen. I'm gonna goddamn make. I'm gonna. I, dr- I I'm should, gonna drink until I get the yellow I'm jaundice. I'm going to form a scientific experiment to make sure that I never remember this goddamn film. And uh, Lord Jim, it was not. Fritz gets another Rolling Rock because he supported my cop. My my. He supported your cop. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, uh, <laughs> time to go. 
Uh, it is time to go. But you know what? Uh, this is why we do what we do. The disagreements add to the stew, add to the soup. But I will we say this. All up. I, I will say this. I appreciate the effort. It's tough as fuck to do this shit. You're talking about me spending three days writing notes on no. yeah, Shotgun well, Jones? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but it's tough as shit to do a movie. Period. Regardless of whether it's a low-budget indie film where you're hanging out with your high school friends or your college friends or just whatever, it's tough as shit to do this. So I appreciate the effort that they put into this shit. But you're also talking about the three days I spent watching Shotgun Jones That's and on you. taking notes. That's on you. You pick this. You pick this. No. Whatever I pick, it takes three days to bring this shit to the podcast. And you watched this movie and said, oh, yes, we're doing this. Well, Fritz and I uh, were not in the Admiral's Men, uh, but I don't believe they ever said to Lord Shakespeare, don't listen to the writer. Which we did. But I will say this, because if I understand it correctly, this year... You're, like, not doing a whole lot of research going into it. You're, like, trying to find the obscure movies that should be shed light on, and we're shedding light on. I did not vet this movie prior to us, me telling you guys we're doing this movie. Uh, Prior years, for five years, I've watched a million movies, and I've watched them a thousand times, and I've been painstakingly picking them. No. No. I hadn't watched this movie when I told you guys we're doing this movie. Okay, and I, and I actually kind of appreciate that. Let me pose a personal question then. How much money do you think was spent on this movie? Oh, God. They, 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 I'm going to go $40. All right. So they bought a, loan they bought a no, used no, camcorder. No. They set two guys on fire and they built that Mazda. I'm going to zip line. And the zip line, and they did have a helicopter. They did in the rent beginning. that helicopter motel room for a couple cheap. days. You got to factor in the motel room cost. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, forty grand. Forty grand. Okay. If you had forty grand and you recast the movie with Fritz and I in the lead roles, don't you think we're making a fucking kick-ass picture? You as Max Billings and Fritz as. Shotgun Jones? I was thinking Fritz is Shotgun Jones and... and you as I was thinking, I was thinking probably Joe is Billings and me is the smarmy rocker. Oh, yeah, you'd be a good rocker. <laughs> Don't you think we're making a kick-ass movie? Don't you think you've got better performers? Well, I could have made this movie for... I was looking for a yes. Five man. grand. Yes. I could have made this same movie for five grand. I could Tut have made a Tut security gave movie. gave immediate yes. I guess yeah. he's not... <clears throat> I've seen your... Per- I've <laughs> seen both of your performances in a couple of different things, and I like them. Uh, I get into a dangerous kind of spider web of slippery slope-isms when I watch other movies, and I'm like, boy... If I had that money and my crew of actors, my my guys that I go to, you didn't, guys. Didn't we say, haven't we said for years, and not just to kiss his ass because he's here, haven't we said for years from a long time ago that the best thing about Underbelly is Fritz's performance? Yes. I appreciate hmm. it because, you know. Have you, guess, when, have when you I, said that? 
Yes. Multiple I, times. We have said it multiple times on the podcast. Go to our YouTube no channel and to, watch no Underbelly, and you will see Fritz do, I, I do really things. Appreciate the way, I really appreciate the script that you wrote. And I really pre- I'm really. i sorry. I cut you off. I'm sorry. I appreciate the script. I appreciate the – I thought it was beautifully shot, and I'm proud of what I did. But and and Joe is great. We've always said before, Fritz was fantastic in it. So I'm thinking if Fritz and I are Shotgun Jones and Rocker, this is a different movie. Uh, so fuck pre- these guys. I appreciate a young thespian when he was on screen. We were and, not young lesbians. And he was <laughs> channeling, and he was channel, oh. he was channeling an infection. <laughs> and he started singing. Oh God! All right, I'm for once going to get us out of here. And you, you guys are not skinny lesbians by any means of the the term. Uh, by any definition. I think. I think. Saying we're fat? Tut's so far gone. I, I think I have to give the links. Folks, go to... Uh, TNCC underscore podcast. I don't have no links. All right, so, so if, give you're us going to, if you're going to uh, join us on Instagram, see all of our cool little photos at TNCC underscore podcast. Join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on YouTube. A lot of you have, and we definitely appreciate it. Dude, our YouTube numbers are through the roof, like... Crazy numbers of YouTube subscribers. Yeah. Guess every day in my email, there's like Yax has been putting some questionable pictures on there. Might have something oh, to do with what that. are you doing? What are you doing? You oh, dirty bird! I've only you ever- and your filthy pillows. We enjoy all of your feedback, whether it's uh, inquiring about the Fritz beer songs that are on the front end or the back end of our movies. Whether you're even talking about, you know, hey man, you guys dropped the ball on this, or whether you guys are, hey man, you're too drunk. I do to not talk enjoy any this. negative feedback. Well, doctor does, but I'm like, any feedback's good feedback. Hit it with it. Twitter, did you give all the links? At TNCC Cast. Yeah. Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Can we get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure to be back here five years after we started this nonsense at O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Temple, Texas. Historic. I don't know where you're going with it. Temple, Texas. Uh, Five years doing anything is kind of worth celebrating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Somebody wise once said, if you're not willing to put in five years, some don't do it. So we, we, we've we done this for five years. <laughs> I'm not sure who that person was, but all right. So, so goodbye. We did it. Good. Shut we, up, liver. We did it, and yeah, we're right. done. So, uh, But you know what? Without uh, without key partners, I, I just want to say this. Uh, there is four of us that are... Uh, regularly coming to your ear holes on the podcast Tut, Yak Boy, me the doctor but without Fritz it's not the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast hey, it's not as fun, it's more fun with Fritz but no I'm just saying uh, when he's not here his music is our fuel we feel it every episode uh, his music keeps us going, so frisbeermusic.com is the way to go. Fucking amen um, to that. And 
occasionally once a year, hopefully now that he's here in Texas back with us, uh, back in the the homeland. Yeah, back in the homeland. Until, uh, until he kicks, until he kicks, you. Until he kicks you, us Kate. out of his bar. We can, we can get him here more, but uh, I just always feel, me personally, I always feel a little bit better and uh, more like me when Fritz is close by. So it was really cool to have Fritz here tonight. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That's He's until here. he kicks us out of his bar. Uh, well, no, no. That, that will all, American cheese. That, that will all change. What do you think I am? Lorenzo de Medici. That will all change once his bar $4. opens. $4.98. Cade, I love you, but my God, get the fuck out of my bar. Let's, Would you let's please all, remove Menti from the premises? Uh, let's all be yeah, honest. We things, know that's I thought these were bottomless french fries. Things are going to get messy at the Bonaire, and I'm so sorry about that in advance. Daniel Marshall, Jonathan Drew, uh, Drew Estate, uh, go ahead, J.C. Newman, thank you for coming on board. The Amazon oh, fucking links, famousmokeshop.com. You know, five years, we couldn't have done <laughs> it without you. Actually, I'm okay with Todd cutting me off there. He thanked the big dudes. Thank you, Jonathan Drew. Thank you, Skip Martin from Romacraft. Thank you for uh, Daniel Marshall. All the all the big leagues in the industry who support us for five years. It's been an awesome ride. Thank you to everybody who subscribed to us. Thank you to Abdul Muhammad from <laughs> Saudi Arabia. We, thank you we don't need to thank all the individual YouTube subscribers. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, which I think is also going to play into why we're not allowed at Fritz's bar at some point. I think it's all going to play together at some point. It makes sense. God damn it. I've known this guy for, what, almost 20 years now, and it's just going to blow up my face. Uh, the way it was meant to be. I should blow up in your face. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, folks. To learn more about the time I wrote, directed, and starred in my own blaxploitation-era film entitled Cool-Ass Calculator Keith, where I took down a gang of unruly thugs with only my keen sense of street knowledge and my college graphing calculator, well, you'll have to search some very obscure movie streaming sites because the movie was basically a steaming pile of dog shit, a rare artistic miss from your old buddy Keith A. Howell. But at least I can admit it, so suck on that, Eli Roth. And, uh, in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit ViajeCigars.com, FamousSmokeShop.com, and SierraNevada.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienStemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Sleep.